Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Dapplin' and Dribbling. Happy New Year! We're in 2018. Whether you like it or not, we're just only moving forward, onwards and upwards. So hope uh, that you had a wonderful New Year and that there's some great things ahead for each and every one of you. Uh, just to remind you up top, nothing's changed. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Apple iTunes. So that's not what it's called. It's called Apple Podcasts. It's actually called Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, Brad does a good job uploading that to Apple Podcasts. So if you want to honor the work that she does there, um, you could tune in on Apple Podcasts. But just like us, rate us, subscribe wherever you get this podcast, and we'd really appreciate it. Thank you for all the love and support. And follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. So, yeah, hope uh, hope to see you out there in uh, the podcast world and, and listening and having a good time and hope to connect with you uh, on any one of those platforms. So, uh, yeah, with that, let's start our first episode of 2018. Let's do it. Yeah. What up, folks? Welcome to the first episode of 2018 for Dabbling and Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Hey, folks. Um, it is 2018. Alex, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I feel grand. Do you have any, like, resolutions or things? garbage like that that you're thinking about for 2018 uh i will resolve to be the best american citizen i can be oh, given wow. the circumstances all right and I'll do my patriotic duty mm. yeah i resolve to do nothing because i'm perfect so well clearly <laughs> clearly a lot of us have a long ways to go to yeah, reach I where mean, you are yeah. so so funny I, I actually didn't tell you this when we were hanging out um i got a call yesterday while i was in the middle of work on my phone mm-hmm. and it was someone from a gym called me mm-hmm. a gym that i don't go to anymore and they're mm-hmm. like you know hey we're from this gym you know just want to check in to see how you're doing um oh. and i was just like uh-huh I'm like don't worry we're not trying to sell you anything but just we want to know if you had any like resolutions, <laughs> resolutions. for the year yeah i'm sure. like nah i'm really happy I'm good. They're like, well, that's great. That's all that we want. And I'm like, thanks, dude. You should really, I say this all the time. Most people, I feel like most people's resolutions start on their birthday, not January 1st. No, I think most people start on on their birthday, on their their New Year's. We don't call them resolutions, but we're like, okay, I'm another year older. This year in my life, I want to read more books or work out more. I feel like a lot of people do that on their birthday. Or maybe I'm just different and some people just are like, I'm just going to get drunk and have a good time on my birthday. I mean, I had a good time on my 30th birthday. You can do all of the above. Why not? Live your best life. Why is January? Because after January 1st, everybody goes to the gym. And yeah, you my gym was so packed. Yeah. On January. Well, it was and then January February 1st, it clears out. Yeah. So. so I'm just like, all right, I just feel like I'm, I only go to the gym for weights because I do a lot of cardio. Well, in the wintertime, I do cardio in the gym because. Yeah, sure. Because it's, it's blizzard it's, Armageddon out there. It's an Armageddon blizzardy storm. If snowstorm. If you live in the northeast right now, you're probably getting hammered with snow. Yeah. So we feel your pain. We're out here um, trudging through it. Yeah. And, um, Doing what we got to do. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay warm. You know, cocoa and, and fires. So. Yeah. Or just like, you know, live your best life. At totally. The end of the All right. So now that it's the first episode of the new year. I feel like we need to dive into just random crap we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything that you want to chat about? What are, what are some things on your mind? I just want, because this matters so much to me as someone who has repeatedly felt like, you know how sometimes you feel like 
you just say things into the universe yeah. and then something uh, manifests to make you realize, oh, it wasn't just me. Right. So in tech news, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Zuckerberg has a resolution. His resolution. In years past, Mark Zuckerberg, CEO for Facebook and oh, founder. Is that, is that who he is? That's some people. I don't know. <laughs> Mark right, has anyway. always had a resolution that he's going to do something. Like it's read more books or whatever. Right. Um, this year, his resolution is to fix Facebook. And I said, oh, tell me more. You know how it's a cesspool for like hate and yes. harassment yes. and uh, bullying It's probably and the stuff. reason why our president is the president that he yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I, there's a lot of reasons for that. Right. But, that Russia infiltrated Facebook, too. Yes, yeah. exactly. And he yeah. said that, too, election fraud and all that. He's yeah. like, listen, there's a lot of things that we're not doing very well. And there's some times where people will get kicked off of facebook because their their systems for scanning things will say oh it seems like you're misusing the software or whatever the um the platform when actually they're not and then likewise there are people getting away with some misconduct that they're not catching right so anyway thank you mark zuckerberg this year for having the resolution of trying to fix facebook because i really don't like going on there anymore um so it would be great to feel like you could go back to facebook and actually find connection and um good things right. coming into the space good uh, luck mark yeah good uh, luck i hope you can because there's some bullshit out there to D, say the least d to the s and spotify congratulations on reaching 70 million subscribers i'm a proud uh, spotify user and they continue yeah. to offer things that i just uh, and very grateful for like as soon as they had podcasts on there. Yeah, I'm a part of me. I currently use Apple Music a ton, and a part of me kind of wants to switch over to Spotify. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can still use Spotify now. I just don't want the commercials, you know. It's the best nine ninety nine. This podcast episode is brought to you by Spotify, <laughs> Spotify. for only nine ninety nine. You Who can get a Spotify <laughs> premium, and you can listen to it anywhere you want on the go, at the gym, on a walk, on yeah. the subway, wherever. Um, that's and with you the can premium. also download things too. Yeah, yeah. and no commercials. It's great. Yeah. Oh, think about it. Maybe that's my twenty eighteen uh, thing yeah. that I do this year. But yeah. So speaking of music, did you hear Bruno Mars's new song? I did with Cardi B. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you all to know that Alex found out about who Cardi B was fairly recently. About an hour and a half ago, to be exact. (laughs) And um, Miss B. Miss B, yes. You are quite the character. I love her. Yeah, she's lovely. I didn't realize I had seen her before. Yeah. Uh, I have sent gifs of her to you, at, like in Yeah, but she just was a random person. Right. But I saw her. You just thought she was just like this gorgeous girl yeah. just romping around i didn't know where gym. she was in jersey somewhere i don't know some yeah. state and then she was like uh, the the gif that really got me that had me laughing mm-hmm. was her this doesn't give Apply me any any, context but right. like she's like wearing a very tight-fitting skirt outfit which right. doesn't tell you much because that's usually what she looks like right and she's walking down a hallway of what looks like a marriott or something right. like that holiday in mm-hmm. and she's <laughs> she's like it's freezing outside, but I don't care. I'm still going outside dressed like a thought. Like, you know, it's, uh, if you don't know a thought, um, actually, it, I'll look it up. But mm-hmm. from what I heard, it means the hood owns that. I'll or look that it up. hoe over there. That hoe over there. Yeah. Like, yeah, various yeah, connotations. Various, yes. Not um, flattering to women, but she owns it with pride. Right. Like, 
strongly. Right. And she's walking down the hallway, just like looking merrily happy, right. just saying, I know it's cold outside. I don't care. I'm still going to go out looking like this. <laughs> like this girl is getting her life. She um, gives zero fucks. She's cool. She seems really cool. 25 yeah. year old from the Bronx. Yeah. And um, she's making it big in the music industry. The video was nice. Yeah. So Finesse is a new um, record from Bruno Mars featuring Cardi B. And the music video is an ode to In Living Color. Uh, it said the, in everything I saw, it said the 90s, but like it's strongly Living Color. Oh, yeah. Even to the way that it, it you know how like in music videos it looks like a particular way, like how it, not just like what they're wearing and things like it, but how it like shows up on the screen. What do you mean? Like the, the fabrics? And no, 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 no. So like when you watch Saturday Night Live, yeah, right? That looks very different from a pre-recorded show of yeah. like 30 mm-hmm. Rock mm-hmm. or, you know, Friends sure. or something, right? Sure. So Finesse looked like a live taping. Yes, Like it did. a living yes. color. I, lo- I was noticing the camera quality. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, ooh. And the angles. Yeah. And the dances. Man, those are things I did when I was young. Cut to camera. Fi- oh, the moves were good. The moves were fire. It fit the sound. Yes. And it was, I, I don't know where they got, I'm sure they destroyed the original set of In Living Color, but they rebuilt it for that video to right. the T. Yeah. Like it, it looks exactly like I remember it. And J-Lo uh, gave, like, a fly girl, um, like, kudos to mm-hmm. the, the music video recently. Because, uh, as you know, J-Lo was a fly girl that's for... That's where she started in um, popular culture with us. Yeah, yeah that's where she started. Uh-huh. And before she danced for Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. And the various other things and how we know her as of right now. But, um, but she responds to... I believe she said that she was... She sends out her fly girl... Uh, like kudos to two thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up to all of it. Did um, you see Janet Jackson's or Janet Jackson, Jennifer Lopez's new video? I have not, but I'm. Is it the Amor 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 yes. music video? I have not. No, I've listened to the song. It is a really good song. Well, yes. it's a catchy song. Yeah. it's all in Spanish. Right. And the video. Every time Jennifer Lopez, since high school, Jennifer Lopez has been my number one. Yeah, on of my course. top five. I mean, she's. Yeah, Smoking but hot. then I forget, and she like kind of teeters out like right. later. She the... like is with A Rod, and you're like, okay, whatever. And then you click on something that says, "Here's J Lo's new video." I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it's mm-hmm. been like 20 years, it's been a long time. So then I open it up, and it's then... not been 20 years. I recently sent you a video of her, like two years. Wait, ago. Wait, um, if you had my love, when was that? If you <laughs> had my love, no, I, I re- was. What about the booty song that I sent you? No, 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 no. But I mean, like. When she first started. She's oh, had a yes, career yeah, for like 20 years. Yeah, she's had a long career. I think it was in 99 she yeah. released that. So mm-hmm. coming up on it. and she. But then three minutes later after I've watched this video, I'm just, my jaws on the floor is drool everywhere. And I'm just like, oh my God. You're like, I need a minute. <laughs> how is A-Rod able to <coughs> contain this woman? Like how is this able to like... I don't think he can handle her. I think no. she's... But whatever. She's incredible. But glad that she liked the Yeah, video. it looks like she liked it. Um, and... I mean, I'm really, I've, I enjoy the musicality that Bruno brings to the song because it like really, one, Bruno Mars is super talented and all of his music, even like the way that he dresses is his background singers, his dancers are all very like nineties esque. Like, Mm -hmm. like they're wearing jerseys, they're wearing, you know, um, the, the pants that are baggier pants. Like he has the, you know, snapbacks and things like that. So he looks, he has the feel, the look and all that, all those kinds of things. And I enjoy it. 
I'm curious to see what other people think about it, but it was so it was very nostalgic for me, and I yeah. enjoyed that. I was into it. <coughs> yeah, I thought it was a good sound. It was a good look. Cardi B just <laughs> looked like she's she was fun as hell. Fun. She does not care. She gives zero fucks. She's very comfortable in her own skin. <coughs> but yeah, so that was a song that happened. It was cool, and I'm in- excited to see new things that are happening and and i think uh justin timberlake has a new music coming out tomorrow yeah um going back to i think his country roots maybe? he's doing a little twang yeah i don't know how i feel about that i feel good about it well i have feelings like you know he like took from the black community quite a bit you know from the cornrows from nsync to sexy back and cry me a river and yeah. things like that very like r&b-esque yeah yeah, so I'm like, oh, so you're going back to your whiteness now? Yeah, he's going to retire. <laughs> I don't know, man. You make your money. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm I a fan of Justin Timberlake, but I'm also just kind of, like, I mean, he's yeah. evolving. It's like Miley Cyrus. She evolved into this country singer, apparently. This wholesome country mm. singer outside of her twerking ways. So Wait. Miley, Miley Cyrus, Cyrus? Yeah, recently. Like, has an uh, album out, and she, it was all, like, you know how she had like her tongue out. Yeah. I came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Twerking ways. That's the Miley that I have right. a concept of. Right. But if you look at her music now, she like kind of switched to this like wholesome country. Like she's in a field. She went back to Hannah Montana. Oh, uh, no. Like an adult Hannah Montana. Like okay. A, and it's just like, oh, so like twerking music was good for you at a certain point, but now it's not good for you. Everyone anymore. has their wild 20s and then uh, they want to yeah. just settle down. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> There's there's quite a bit of articles about like often white artists taking from and specifically talking about Miley and JT. And I don't know how I feel about them all because I feel like JT has, you know, he's working with great producers like Pharrell and Timbaland and Jay-Z and Beyonce. He's like written for Beyonce. So like he's clearly been co-signed by these artists of color and they appreciate his work what i'm more interested in jt from my understanding is going to be a super bowl halftime show yeah his album is coming out like that that week i think i want to know mm-hmm. what are you going to do with this platform because yeah. he's as someone who has really been in and around and involved in the black uh, culture of music mm-hmm. he uh, mentioned that he thinks Beyonce's halftime show was amazing. Mm-hmm. He's, he has mentioned, but mostly like Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. and Prince and the other people. Yeah. But, you know, he mentioned in an interview recently, you know, it's really great that I get to come back for the third time to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl to do this. And it's such an important time in our country right now. Right. right. I hope he doesn't F this up. Well, he said, I want to. You know, I'm thinking about the word unify right now. Like, Uh-oh. how do you... No, that's right. I'm like, don't <laughs> overthink this. Don't do the all lives matter bullshit. And no, this is something... He's like... And he said to the guy oh, in the interview, no. well, starting off, I think everybody likes to dance. So I'm like, mm. yes. He's like, so we'll start there. I go, okay. All right, we'll JT. See. I need you to... Well, you know, you got to play this close to the chest because leading right. up to the Super Bowl... Yeah, you, you don't want to give... Don't show too many of your cards. Right, exactly. Because if you come in and tell the people like... Oh yeah, you know it's it, you know a month from now I'll be doing this and yeah I got my Black Panther stuff ready to go like you know you right. don't give the cat out of the bag right because then they'll just kick you out right. and find somebody else 
But um, yeah, maybe start with the dancing. But then if I could see a little bit of more JT, the activist. Yeah, I mean, he said this most recent album that he's going to be releasing is influenced a ton by his wife and having a child, his child, his son Silas. Um, so again, I'm sure all of those things evolve you. I mean, Beyonce had a kid and was like, mother bared real quick and yeah. became like the activist. I think she's always was an activist, but like, like she like really went into it even more. Right. Cause I, she has a child to think about. I hope he comes in strong. I hope so this. too. I if hope he, so too. If, we'll if I get a, if I get a generic Super Bowl, <laughs> you're JT. You've shown Janet Jackson's nipple to the right. world. And I mean, you apologize, but the woman still can't perform in the Super Bowl. Ever again. And this is your third time. Right. Just saying, white privilege, folks. Well, let's shame the woman in that yes, case. Yes, of course. Because that was That's her what boob. they did. It was her boob. Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the nipple ring. I, you know what? I kind of want to go back to that uh, actual happening and find out what that material was made of. Because he ripped it off like it seemed like Velcro. Right. So I want to know how He was going to have her naked was. by the end of this song. Right. I remember I got, uh, I got why they did it. Yeah. Oh, man. I just can't believe I hope he does this right. I hope, I hope so, well. too. So, anyway, speaking of women always being blamed for things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Golden Globes. Have you heard about that? No. I wasn't going to talk about that. But what happened with the Golden Globes? Oh, where are we going to go into? No, no. Go into Golden Globes. All right. The Globes. The ladies. In terms of, like, guys touching things and revealing things that probably oh, yeah. shouldn't. Yeah. So, along those lines. Yeah. The, uh... Golden Globes are going to feature a lot of women wearing all black, just a blackout. Oh. I thought that was going to, yeah. As soon okay. as I saw the headline, I thought, oh, that's going to be like, you know, diversity in the music industry. Right. What, or the um, TV and um, film. Movies, yeah. So, no, it's to protest sexual assault and abuse cool. within the industry. So that you're going to see a lot of women and some men who are wearing all black. We're like, oh, men wear black tuxedos all the time. The, the shirt will be black, too. Yeah. Like, if they're really supporting the cause, it'll be all black everything. All black everything. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, you're going to see a lot of women strutting the runway doing that. What's it going to mean if you are a person who doesn't wear the all black? It means you're not down with the affair. I mean, it's like, think about the, the sidelines of any NFL game where you see some people kneeling and some of the players yep. not. Yep. Does it mean they're that? anti that? I don't, no, no, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. It does not. It just, I don't know just what any unclear. of that means. Unclear. Yeah. You're just, if you're not wearing all black, it means you're just going to the Golden Globes like normal and all dresses matter. So. All dr- wow. <laughs> wow. Good God. Well, I was going to talk about how men are the worst oh. and, and how like, you know, we have to blame the woman. Like, you know, why don't they just hang up the phone if someone is masturbating oh. and you know, into the phone. Are you talking about David? I sure am talking about David Chappelle. David Chappelle? I sure am. Do you know, do you want to talk about what he said about Louis mm, C.K.? Um, w- what I know is that he had mentioned in his recent stand-ups on Netflix. Yep. I have not watched it yet. I have not watched it. I read the comments and I read some um, takes and perspectives on it. Dave Chappelle... The great Dave Chappelle from years past, which we remember from the Dave Chappelle show and many funny things that he has done in the past. I mean, he's a genius. He's he so is smart. a comedic genius who has always kind of towed the line, as a good comedian usually does, toes mm-hmm. the line between what is respectable and what is considered decent. Mm-hmm. Um, he challenges social convention. 
He said in one of his stand-ups that he thought some of the women in the Louis C.K. situation mm-hmm. were, quote-unquote, weak. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to give examples of any of those that he was talking about? I mean, I didn't watch it or read anything about it, but I heard like it was like they could have hung up the phone or they could have like walked away when things were happening, right? Something like that? Yeah. He, uh, he said... One lady said... Louis C.K. masturbated in front of me, ruined my comedy dreams. Word? Well, then, I dare say, madam, you may have never had a dream. Come on, man. That's a brittle spirit. Uh, Eh, It's not that. It's um, not terrible, but it's also like, it's kind of done in poor taste. In 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 the time that we're in, I'm surprised that, like... A lot of comedians are backing him up of like, it's just like some comedy is going to piss people off. Yeah, no. Some comedy is going to like, people are going to just get, and that's awesome. That actually doesn't bother me as much. That doesn't bother me, but it's also like, it's just, it just seems important. Like, it's not, not well, funny, but it's not, I'm not like cracking up laughing. I'm, I w- I'm more just like, really? You're a little insensitive. I was at the comedy cellar one time and mm-hmm. this guy made a joke about, um. Was it a rape joke? Yeah, it was a rape joke. Oh God. And it was about, I think. Oh, catfishing. Mm. It was about guys, uh, these girls, how was it? Oh, like a guy was being catfished because he thought it was a teenage girl or something like that, right? Gross. And so he made some joke. I don't remember what it was, but one of the guys in the front row. uh, Heckled him? Yeah, he was like, hey, fuck you, man. And he said, sorry. (laughs) He's like, what? Beg your pardon? And he goes, fuck you, blah, blah. He's like, do you have what are your feelings toward this? He's like, I have a daughter and she is a father of a teenage girl who I believe he said had been sexually, I don't remember, abused, mm-hmm. assaulted, right. raped, something. And uh, he didn't find the joke funny. Right. And the comedian there with the microphone said, yeah, I'm not condoning rape, but, and then he did his dance around like, this is jokes. Yeah. So I'm telling jokes and, it's not meant to be so I and I don't agree I mean this thing that first of all let me read the second comment the first one Dave did it's poor taste I would right. agree but at timing wise not the best time but you can't tell the joke six months from now when maybe this is not as right. hot so yeah I tell it right now and the next one is I hate to say y'all they sounded weak I know it sounds fucked up I'm not I'm trying to, I'm not gonna do this in Dave Chappelle's no, voice just, but if just you've heard Dave it. Chappelle I uh, he's gonna say you're killing the joke man <laughs> I hate to say y'all they sounded weak I know it sounds fucked up I'm not supposed to say that but one of these ladies is like Louis C.K. was masturbating while I was on the phone with him bitch you don't know how to hang up a phone <sighs> so yeah I think he whether he believes that or not mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who across America are thinking the same thing right and all we're doing is blaming the victim right. who's like, and that, that's, I think that's where my problem is, right? Like, yes, a joke is a joke, but at the expense of the person who's already gone through so much, mm. you know, I think like that's where it comes into poor taste. That's why like rape jokes are not funny. Like yeah, Holocaust jokes tough. are not funny. Yeah. Those are, severe. those are like things that are like real bad, like not great. And so, like, I don't know how that. I'm not a. I'm not a a, a joke creator. Yeah. I would need my sister. A joke creator. I'm. I would need my sister to be here because she's the comedian of our family. Um, but, like, I, 
that like I I understand what he's trying to get at, but like why are we calling, like for me the woman wasn't weak, Louis C.K. is weak, like Louis C.K. is an asshole who doesn't know how to, you know, take care of his business without, you know, pushing it on somebody else who doesn't want it, you know, like like to me like. Like, your joke is making us talk about something much more existential right now Mm -hmm. because the joke was done not only in poor taste, but also just not good. It was not, it's not a good joke. It's not a good joke. I don't, for the record, I think his most recent specials, this joke is, I'm like not, I'm not shocked by any of these because it's Dave Chappelle. Right. Because I know like what comes with that, but like, uh, it's just not a good joke. He's not, his comedy's evolved in a different way since right. he was doing sketch comedy so mm-hmm. i think we're all used to the sketch comedy dave Chappelle. but when right. he does stand up it's a different brand so it's just it's a different kind of feel and i don't really love the newer <laughs> stuff but i've heard good things about this the the actual special yeah it's just those like it's just done in poor taste time there's place some, manner is so important there's some trans stuff in there it's a little transphobic um oh, that he God. makes mention of so yeah i don't know we'll see but as far as this goes i don't think louis ck Going back to our last episode, I don't think he's weak in the sense of like he can't get laid if he he doesn't want to get laid. Like that whole mm-hmm. mindset around yeah. like does he just need to get um, his rocks off? No, I'm sure he can do it if he wants to. There's just this idea around uh, sexuality, like male sexuality, and in the arena of comedy. Yeah. So if he's a comedian. And these are other female comedians. And this is a space where it's not like a regular workplace. Right. It's not nine to five. There's no bosses. There's just, we work within in quote unquote industry of right. entertainment. So how do you entertain each other? Sometimes I think in that space, it gets a little weird. So you end up in someone's apartment or hotel and something you think is permissible is not permissible. I, for the record, no one, I don't think we have anyone this week who's, uh, been removed because of sexual misconduct but before this i looked up mm-hmm. just google news sexual right. misconduct then i kid you not at least eight men right i came through this coach mm-hmm. this director right. this uh what guys from all different fields right. have since resigned a director of uh, carnegie mm-hmm. or no uh new york ballet oh, people yeah, who just like stepped yeah. out or just like oh sexual misconduct well i'm old it's time to retire yeah you know and they just like see their way out the door yeah. um in the fields of creativity, especially, I feel like men have been in a culture where women were just kind of dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Because before social media, you just didn't know how many people were affected by it. Mm-hmm. And then the Me Too movement happens, re-happens, right. reoccurs. Right. And people realize, oh, it really was not just my story. So many of us were being um, yeah, it wasn't just affected me. It was all, by this. It was a lot of us. And so yeah. these guys thought... It was just my interaction with this one girl or this other woman. And, you know, the two are not linked and my behavior is not uncommon because a lot of guys are doing it. And this is just the nature of quote unquote comedy, ballet, art, music, whatever. And so now that it's happening, all these people. Or like boys will be boys because that's really what I'm hearing. Because the nature of we have more testosterone. Right. And you have estrogen and this is like the circle of life animal kingdom. Right. Like we hunt, Mm -hmm. y'all nest. Right. National Geographic. Right. So, I mean, this is what the common... Uh, and what we're do- and the Me Too movement is trying to break that, right? Like, it's like, mm, 
yes, I get that you have a lot of testosterone and you want to bang everything that you see, but uh, you can't do that. And that's what guys are finding right now. Yeah, like you can't, just because you're in a room alone with a girl and you're drinking doesn't mean she wants to have sex with you. I saw a video. Did you see the, um, uh, what's the name of the video? The Hunting Ground. Yes, I have. So The Hunting Ground is a a documentary documentary about, what do you want to explain what it is? It's about sexual misconduct um, in schools, in uh, the universities. University setting. It started Mm -hmm. with a a young woman in Colombia carrying a mattress as a sign of um, having to deal with her rape victim. She's a rape victim, mm. and her, um, the person who allegedly raped her. I tend to believe that he probably did, uh, that he did, um, was still able to be at the school and wasn't found responsible. Yeah, those kinds of things. But the point is, the I, why was he not found responsible, and why are so many guys in Title IX cases of sexual misconduct not found responsible? Because it's usually two people in a room together mm-hmm. with one word against another word. Yeah. And someone says, yeah, we were making out. The other person confirms they were making out. One person says, it got too aggressive and hands-on. And mm-hmm. the other person says, no, it was consensual. Yeah. Who's the ju- who's the referee who's, in that yeah. situation? Who's the like, third person trying to... Uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of times there's no... Like, I mean, we've dealt party. with cases like that in the mm-hmm. things that we've... In the work that we do. So, yeah. it's the, it gets dicey. I mean, in those arenas, it's like guys not knowing where the line is mm-hmm. in sexual misconduct and um it's it's like i'm sorry i lost my thought train of thought mm. two people alone in a room doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're gonna bang yeah i don't know i guess I'll... well i i'm also thinking about it this other way right i think as a society we assume that when you are with a person that you would typically seem attractive mm-hmm. like or would be attracted to whether you're a girl with another girl and you're attracted to girls, boy with another boy, attracted to boys, or heterosexually, the assumption is like, oh, you must be banging, right? Like if you're alone in a room. And often these things are happening in that way, right? So if, so when someone goes up to a hotel room to have a conversation about your comedy career, yeah, like maybe the girl is naive. Like I wouldn't do that personally because I'm like, no, let's just go to a restaurant or somewhere public if mm. I just want to talk to you. But I think... You know, when you're naive enough and you want to, not even naive, like you're just so, you want to, you know, make it and you want to The do, community, the culture, the network. Yeah, you're like, this is the way I need to network. This is the way I need to get to know people. Right. So like when you go up into the room, people are like, oh, they're going to bang. Or like, oh, you know. It's you comedy. Know. Smoke some cigarettes, drink some alcohol, and right. let's like get some horn dog action yeah, going on. exactly. Yeah. And like the same way, like when they talked about Harvey, Harvey uh, uh, Weinstein, it was all about like, oh, this is just what he does. Like everybody in the community yeah, knew that, it's right? Yeah, what he does, right? It's what he does. This is how he does his business and how he does things. It's it's gets a product out there that is of quality, but right. it's all about the behind the scenes, like relationship building right. and stuff. I remember what I was going to say about the hunting ground. There's a clip of guys in the 1990s, late 80s mm-hmm. of uh, some women on a campus. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was Columbia or wherever, but they were writing the names of their... Um, assailants in the bathrooms and saying this person raped someone and just writing the names of the fraternity guys. The guys are writing this. No, the women. The women are writing in women's stalls and I believe men's stalls. Like John John Smith raped me. Mm -hmm. And they're like and the guys of fraternities were getting upset because they were being called rapists. And as you know, in their minds like 
rape no. is bad and rapists are bad. No, we people. just had sex. We just had sex. It was consensual. And they're like, so reporters and investigators are like looking into this matter and they say they interviewed one young man on college campus who he was in, indignant. He was like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. What? So you're having sex and a girl says, no, stop. And you keep having sex and that makes you a rapist? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's, the definition. That's actually the definition of rape. <laughs> you actual idiots. <laughs> Just, but that's the, the, the <laughs> crux of the point is you got dumb fuck men walking around <laughs> who don't realize. We don't. I'll put myself in the category. Right. Although I don't You're, consider myself that numbskull. No. Um, I don't think, I I'm also not aware of the female experience because I'm not one. Right. Um, so we don't realize how um, someone might be affected by your behavior or actions on a systemic level. When I go on Tinder, when I used to be on dating yeah. sites, I may never go back to Tinder <laughs> now that I just think about what it has become. Right. But if you, uh, when I was on there and just fishing around, you would, I might match with five to 10 people. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, right now, she and she might have five to ten people who I she matches with, right? right? In actuality, guys, she probably has a lot more than. As you. I said, I'm like, she has more than five to ten because there are a there's a whole ocean of men <laughs> thirsty as hell, and a lot of them fishing. Not may not be single, maybe married. Yeah, and maybe, maybe married. Maybe a lot uh, of, in relationships. Out. Yeah, <laughs> you all know, the just time. Saying. Because I may or may not have had that happen to me. And I'm like, whoa. You're not the only one I've heard that from. And I'm like, uh, what do you mean you're, you know. Yeah. The guys will be on Tinder like, oh, yeah, I hope that's cool. Like, my wife is also like, she doesn't need to know about this kind of thing. No, I mean, the my situation, like, they told me. Well, I found out. And I was like, you're, you're dating something. They didn't have a picture of. No. Anyone? Okay. Yeah. And it was just one of those, like. No, I don't. I've been cheated on, and so like I don't do that at all. I don't. It's cool that if you have an open relationship, okay, maybe you can have a conversation about that. But like even that, I'm. I don't personally want an open relationship, so like I probably won't be down. So why are we even talking about this? I mean, yeah, I mean, no judgment (laughs) to people who like are in open things. Yeah, but but you know, some some people are wired that way. Others are not. Yeah, know your boundaries. But the whole point uh, to that to me is just like guys don't realize we don't realize how much attention women get all the time and how uh, forced upon you all are by men. And so a guy locks in and hones in on one woman and thinks, because as we discussed, 16 to 1 ratio, horniness, male testosterone to female. Right. And we're just thinking... I also think it's a big-ass excuse, but whatever. Well, there's chemical, biological stuff to it. There's stuff, but... It's it's not an excuse. I mean, we're for... all capable to murder, but you make a choice not to do that. Well, because culture has made it clear what murder is, right? Because there's a there's a finite definition of sure. it. It's when I mean, someone stops there, living. There have been moments where I'm just like, I could murder someone right now. Yeah, but a figure I, of speech to express. Mm-hmm. Well, no, sometimes I physically want to. <laughs> sometimes there are moments where I've been like. Yeah, I could kill that person because they are... Actually, no. It's probably like one or two people in my life. But that's because we're going into a deep I'm hole. Not in that wormhole. <laughs> you're not. You're not. You're, right. you're good. You're safe. You never want to be there, Alex. <laughs> Death eyes. Uh, but, you know, like... But I don't do that because I know it's wrong. 
Well, you know that's wrong because death... it's wrong, but it's also like there's consequences to that, right? Like if I killed someone, I could go to jail. I could. Yeah. There's consequences to their family. There's consequences to my family. There's there's a lot of like thinking involved. But like so, I have I have yeah. anger and I have hormones and need that I can go black out and kill people if I wanted to. Yeah, but, but I don't do that. But sexual harassment and sexual assault. It's a little bit more is, nuanced. It's very, it's very I gray. Mean, it can be gray depending on what it is. Right. People think. I mean, there's sexual, moments that's that's definitely black and white. If I went on the street and asked a hundred guys, "What is sexual assault?" What would they say? Rape. Rape. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have sex with her, blah, blah, blah. Right. I didn't do anything wrong. But you, like, grabbed and touched, or you got too close, or you said things that were a little forward. And like, well, I was just letting her know. I was complimenting her on her figure, her eyes, her looks, her dress, her shoes, her vagina, whatever. <laughs> what? Like, Don't ever say vagina to me again. <laughs> you've heard guys say the wildest things in No, New I York. know they have. Oh, so my God, they have. So they'll go out there like, yeah. and you go up to them and be like, so what did you think you were doing there when you said like, "Hey, little mama," like, "Yeah, you, you nice ass." Like, oh, I was just letting her know she has a nice figure. No, you specifically you said just, she had a nice ass. You just sexually harassed someone. You're like, no, no. I didn't. I complimented her. That's, well, compliment her differently. That's what I'm saying. Use better words. We don't. <laughs> so we're going around like this numbskull at the college <laughs> campus who's like, "So what?" Like I said, she had a nice ass, and now I'm like. A sexual harasser? Yes, yes, you are. That is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. We, we can't help ourselves. So Dave Chappelle's out here thinking like, he's trying to defend a fellow colleague in the comedy industry because there's all this culture that's been ingrained in comedy for a long time. Around. But the thing is, I think my issue with all that, and I don't mean to interrupt you, mm. but is that Louis C.K. admitted that he did all of those things and what he did was wrong. In... Yeah, I mean, so, good. I don't so, know in his mind if he realizes it was wrong then or if he realizes it's wrong now. It doesn't matter. Louis C.K. currently came out and said what all these women said yeah. is true. I did it and it was wrong. Mm. So, so like, it is, it is as if you... I'm trying to, like, make it as simple as, like... It's, it's, it's as if you murdered somebody... Right, you you like murdered somebody because I'm trying to think like the worst case. Can scenario. I pick so well? Pick right. somebody. In my mind, I have it. Okay, you you murdered somebody because whatever you're like, and the investigation. Everyone's like, yeah, it's Alex. He's the one who did it. We got it. We got to put him in jail. It wasn't me, boys. <laughs> and then you say, they're right. I I did it. Yeah. So then I, as your friend, yeah. and I'm just like defending you even though you've admitted that you've done it no but i want to know in the moment because am i going to plead insanity or am i going to we're we're not going there am i going (laughs) to am i going to plead i was a horny male full of testosterone i had just done a great set at a club and these you know young comedian quote-unquote friends acquaintances of mine wanted to come hang out and i thought hey i had a few drinks they had a few drinks. Seemed like we were having a good time. I did this in the moment. Maybe it was alcohol. Maybe it was horniness. Maybe it was just a lot of like pride Man, for just, my set. And at the time, I didn't think it was wrong. But now that I look at it, yeah, it was wrong. Or when you were doing it from step one to step two, was it calculating and wrong from the very beginning? I want to know where your mind space was, basically. Sure. I'm just curious. You can be curious all you want. It's still fucking wrong. Yeah. Flirt better. Flirt differently. Hey, you to a guy like Louis C.K., 
who is not um, Brad Pitt. No. He's, you know, to name. but He's he, like an average Joe. He's an average guy who's funny. That's mm-hmm. his arena. So when he steps into that place. and Funny he guys a, can get it, though. When you're funny. And so that's yeah. what he's saying. I just did this great set. I'm thinking I'm at my most attractive that I will be. After I just came off stage and these people saw me, they're going to, they want me right now because they just saw my dominance. But did they say that? Did they say no, that? No, because in his so mind, that's what you he assume, thinks. You know what assumption is? What? Assumption just makes an ass out of you and me. So you just assumed nah. I made, made yourself look like an ass, you dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I agree with you. I wonder what Louis would say to that. But I do, I, there are a lot of guys who use... Who, think about the guys who go into comedy who are, by definition, to be comedic, to be funny, mm-hmm. you have to be vulnerable. Sure. And you have to... Uh, a little dark and twisty, maybe. A little dark, twisty, or just like silly and not um, studly, handsome, mm-hmm. athletic, whatever. Those dudes don't do well in comedy. You need some guys who feel a little inadequate and are okay showing you all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so for those guys, that's where they became probably the most attractive for many of them in their life of like, Oh, I'm a good comedian. And you see the way my mind works. Very clever, very crafty. Mm -hmm. I'm connecting puppies to rainbows and like death, dark doom at like Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve parties with my family and all that intertwines in this like beautiful, uh, milieu of, um, strange twisted thinking mm-hmm. and be like wow that's it's the same way someone writes a great novel right or, or a great a painter song, or, a, or song. a song yeah yeah so they're like this is me i'm not a musician i'm not an artist i'm a comedian mm-hmm. and i know this so when you come off stage and you have two other female comedians is my understanding of one of the stories um you're thinking oh you like my set oh great yeah you oh you like that part oh i had a good time with that too great want to take me back to the hotel and we're going to bang but I'm not going to bang them I'm just going to masturbate in front of them because it's kind of funny and then we're comedians and that's what we do like uh, I wasn't how there how is that socially acceptable in your mind I wonder where it is but I just think like as you know what I'll tell you how some guys I'm just thinking about the way the mind works mm-hmm. I was also at a comedy stand up a couple years ago I think and a guy gets on stage and <laughs> he's holding the mic and he says Hey, how's it going? And he puts two sentences out of his mouth and he said, I just realized uh, these are the first words I've spoken all day. Wow. (laughs) He's like, I've been in my apartment the entire day until I came here and just sitting writing jokes. And so now I'm in front of you all. And I get to tell those jokes. <laughs> it's like, you know, if you're lonely and these are the first people you see and you feel good about what you just did or you don't feel good about what you just right. did. But someone's there after that to say, I saw that. And, and it was good or whatever. Hey, I see you. <laughs> you know? I just so that means it. whip out your freaking dick and be like, hey. And yeah. that's where they go. And I think that's just where a lot of guys take it in their minds. Ugh, my God. I'm not a comedian. I don't know. I'm just shooting out shit. I'm trying I need to you project. to I need you to not try to understand Louis C.K. and his thought process. To, just trying to get into the mentality, figure out what's going on there. But Dave Chappelle, uh, you know, he put his two cents in about the whole thing. Yeah. And you know in, what, in bad taste in my opinion. In terms of like notoriety and everything, we're talking about his two stand up 
uh, shows on Netflix. So yeah, he's getting conversation going. I guess it's something. Um, I guess we can move on to our segment that we always do every week. Please make it stop. There's a couple of things happening. Do you know things that are going on in the White House, specifically in 45? I can't begin to guess. Okay, so we'll just fly through these because let's not spend any more time than we need to. Um, So first things first, um, Jeff Jeff Sessions is an idiot. He um, is... He's the Keebler elf looking one, right? He's Yeah, with the ears and short and, you know... Kate McKinnon does a great impression of him oh, on Saturday yes. Night Live. He does. Yeah. So he's trying. He's determined to revive the failed war on drugs. As, as, <laughs> Wait, as, the war on drugs failed? You did not know that? It was, no, it was pretty successful in terms of like serious? imprisoning black people. Oh, yes, in that way. That was but. great. I thought that was the point of the war on drugs, oh, right? I mean, for the white people, yes. But like, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, no, drugs didn't stop, but black no. people went to jail. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Oh, he means like the drug part. Yeah, the drug part. Got you. Okay. But like everybody knows like that's just not how that works because studies have shown that it was not successful in that. But anyway. You pull um, over more soccer moms in the suburbs. Exactly. So he had an announcement today... Um, I believe it was today, uh, that his Department of Justice will rescind a policy that kept federal prosecutors from interfering with states that have legalized marijuana. Let's say that one more time. He announced today that the Department of Justice mm-hmm. will rescind a policy that kept federal prosecutors from interfering with states that have legalized marijuana. Basically, if you're in California where you can do recreational marijuana... In the past, federal prosecutors couldn't come in and be like, yo, you can't do that, even though it is legal in their state. So, um, and he's trying to rescind that policy so that the prosecutors can come and, you know. Mess up your shit. Well, it's a bunch of white people that are, that are you know, profiting from the, the marijuana industry currently in legalized mm-hmm. places because... Yeah. Colorado. And yeah, Colorado, California. Those are the two big Isn't spots. Washington State also? I believe so. Portland. I be- Portland's in Oregon. Oregon. I think they also have legalized marijuana. Okay. But regardless of all of that, um, I just he's an idiot. He doesn't realize marijuana isn't should not be a, cl- a was it class one mm-hmm. uh, drug like heroin, which actually kills people. Um, so... We're going to have to talk more about that, but just that he's an idiot, and so that's happening. Um, what is going on? What is... All right. Yeah, so, I mean, there's nothing more to say other than he's an idiot, and people should uh, talk to their you know representatives out there to make sure that this bullshit doesn't happen. Again, we've said this episodes back, but if we did a comparison study of marijuana to alcohol and the effects... Mm-hmm. To... Think about that. I mean, anyway. Yeah. I won't go into it. So the other thing, uh, Michael Wolf, um, who I believe he's the one that wrote this. There's a book coming out. Fire and Fury. No. Oh. <laughs> Is it called Fire? I don't think so. What's um, the title you're going to pitch? What's oh, it, it is Fire and Fury. Oh, okay, cool. It is Fire and Fury. <laughs> I was like, what's my B, my B, my bad, my bad, my bad. I was just like, is it Fire and Fury? It just uh, seemed very like I've been Game, hearing of, things. Game of Thronesy. So essentially, this is a book where uh, he he got a bunch of access to, according to him, a bunch of access to the White House, um, 
and got a lot of people. And we don't know how much access he got because the White House doesn't, you know, publish the guest log of the White House anymore. For those, you know, who didn't know. Um, so essentially, um, he has this tall book that kind of talks about how 45 never really wanted to be president, but it just kind of happened. Uh, Steve Bannon, who I also like to call the devil, um, was uh, like basically saying how like 45 is an idiot that, you know, if anyone's going to bring it down, bring everything down, it's going to be the kids specifically Don Jr. Yeah. He, there's no way Don Jr. had a meeting with the Russians and didn't give it to like his mm-hmm. parent, his, his dad slash the, what he should have done right. is go to the FBI, but he didn't like, yeah, yeah. so it's very damning things, right? It's like not, not great stuff. Of course, 45 and his team is denying. very like denying everything. His lawyers have, uh, have done a cease and desist with this whole publishing company and for this book. Uh, Steve Bannon and 45, who used to be good friends, you know, they're the best of friends, the best friends there ever were, the friends of the friends, you know, because you know how like 45 likes to repeat things. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. he, he was basically like all written all over here, as well as there's other staff members apparently that were also quoted in this book, uh, but they're no longer great friends like they used to be. Um, 45 specifically said that Steve Bannon has lost his mind. Oh, I heard that, yeah. And I was like, Steve Bannon did? Steve Bannon, yeah, and Steve (laughs) Bannon is still out there right now saying, you should thank Jesus every night that Donald Trump is the president of the United States. Yeah. You're like, yeah, he is crazy. You're right. He's crazy. (laughs) He's nuts. He's still supporting you, so. Yeah. Um, I heard Melania was, uh, the book talks about Melania was crying the day when, that he yeah, was elected. He didn't, she didn't want him to be president. She okay. never wanted any of this. Um, and again, she's withdrawn. Like, she's just never around. Yeah. They sleep in separate rooms first time since the Kennedy administration, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with... Um, sleeping separately. Yeah, sleeping separate, separately. I like my bed, too. <laughs> hey, it happens. Um, so, anyway, there's a tell-all book about all of this. How much of this is true? Like, this reporter has been known to be like this uh, author has been known to apparently not be the most fabricate yeah fabricate some things so I, don't know how tr- yeah, I don't know how true any of this is but it doesn't look great so He's either writing, way please make it stop this writer because, is writing the book that we all want to read i don't know how much of it's true but yeah. we all we all we're want all, to believe this is it. true like right like the just the body language shows that melania didn't want to be there <laughs> like you know yeah. i'm just like come on it's, it, it is what it is. Um, so today they had a report, like they had a press uh, briefing uh, where uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was, you know, answering questions about the book, about various other things. Um, and, you know, she was like irritated as she normally is when she's answering questions. Um, and what, there was a reporter from a very established um, magazine that was there. Nickelodeon Kids? No. They're an established magazine? I thought it was. I <laughs> no. read them. You, you do? How, it's how... Gak. <laughs> Goo. Latest it's like, cartoons. It's like from highlights. <laughs> yeah, it's important stuff. Um, no, it's actually from Playboy. A reporter from Playboy oh, okay. was, at, was there. Um, and so she's like annoyed and asking, getting all these questions about this book. And she's like... It's annoying. There's like, a reporter from Playboy. There's a reporter from Wait. Playboy in the press junket. I've never read a Playboy site. So yeah, I just... Like, oh, 
don't you have Playboy for the articles? Isn't that what most guys yeah, say? Yeah, I always, I always <laughs> guys say that, but I was never thought about the articles, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Okay, so there's a report, like, can I go, who's next? Oh, right, Playboy. Yeah, ask me some questions. <laughs> yeah, so, so in light of, like, uh, kind of just everything that's been going on in 45's administration and this book and all these different things, um, the this reporter goes, so, you know, 45 is going to have a physical soon. Oh, right. He's yeah. going to have a physical soon. Yeah. Is there going to be a mental evaluation, evaluation of him? Like a mental state evaluation Are we doing of him? a CAT scan? Are we making sure that he has a brain <laughs> that is functioning, that doesn't have anything in it outside of a brain? Are we sure he does? He's not having a current aneurysm the whole time. <laughs> the doctors found a baseball lodged inside his brain where there should be other things. <laughs> where there should be an actual brain. Um, and the and Sarah Huckabee Sanders was just like when the when the like basically brushed the yeah. question off and was like, uh, when we get when we get the physical, like you'll get the report or whatever, uh, which I don't think we will because no. a lot of people have been saying like there was a lot of things that he has done. I mean, we've talked about this that he may be he may be going through some things. He's he's a little bit older. Mm. He likes to repeat a lot of words that he says. He. Um, it's just how he does things. He's you know? bringing up stuff in t- text messages and tweets that are text messages. I don't know his text messages, but his tweets right. at least that are childish. Not only childish, but uh, he made reference to some sailors recently. What? And that I don't know. Stephen Colbert brought it up, and you were like, "What? What is that reference to?" Who knows? He's just the mind is is very scattered. Yeah, and so I mean, with this tall, this you know, quote unquote tall book, this physical that's happening, and all these other things, people are like curious, like, is something wrong with him? You know, like he had a New York Times article, like an interview mm-hmm. that he did with New York Times. You know, the the failing, failing news. the failing news, the failing fake. They're news. losers. Why would he interview with them? He and it was just like he said, "There's no collusion," at least twenty six times. No collu- I love how he says collusion. Yeah. There's no collusion. No collusion. 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 <laughs> so like the United I mean, States of America. Which is <laughs> right. I mean, which is why people are like, oh, he's maybe we're slurring need- words, like Right. Yeah, and the thing is like he is under a lot of pressure. I can only imagine what being a president is like. I'm trying to give him some grace here. <laughs> yeah, really. You're I'm, being I'm more kind than I was with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to I guess I had to be. I don't know. Um, but, like, I just, we've never seen a president have this much difficulty in public relations. Like, that he himself has made. Do you think there is any part of him that, if, if this is true, that he did not want to be president, which I believe is the case, um, that he's kind of sabotaging himself? I, who knows? Who actually knows? Yeah, no one knows. You're right. This That's is a silly like, question. It's like, sure, yes. I don't know. I don't think he's the sane person. So, like, I don't think he's fit. I mean, I think most of us think that. But He's a problem. Everybody in the family knows it. And everyone across Congress knows it. Right. Everyone's aware. Right. Um, and then it's and not, just the it's way the, everyone's spinning things that he does and yeah. says, it's just it's, problematic. It's in... in Behind closed doors, I'm sure it's the worst kept secret mm-hmm. uh, that everyone thinks he's losing it. Yeah. Um, if not, completely lost it. 
probably lost it years ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of media outlets yeah. and coverage, it's the best kept secret. I'm actually pretty impressed that Democrats and Republicans alike have kind of... There were some people who were calling for like impeachment. Like right. uh, the senator from... I forget. He's a Democrat. Um, Al Green is his name. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Texas, maybe? Mm-hmm. He um, wanted to do it. And the Democrats were like, uh, Al, hang on. Like right. one second. You know, so like even... Maybe there's a bigger game at play. Yeah, like media-wise, I'm not getting as much as we... We're all watching it. Late night TV and everybody else is acknowledging, you do see this, right? Like, he is kind of nuts. Yeah, but the people in Washington are saying, yeah, he... On both sides, they're like, "Mm, yeah, even though the president tweeted that, that's not true. So, next question. It's like, but should we talk about... The fact that he's tweeting things that are not... Right. And by the that way... he's talking about his big buttons. The North Korea <laughs> comment, I um, I felt like I was like listening to some fifth graders talk about how big their penis is. So if you haven't heard, basically, Kim Jong-un, North Korea's... Dictator. Is that what they call him? Is that what he calls himself? Leader, matter. king, whatever. He, called, he said to, him, so, uh, to the world on Twitter, hey, I've he got a new... He said in a new- speech... Oh, a speech. Sorry. Yeah. He's not on Twitter. Sorry. Yeah. He's, uh, he said, hey, I got the button for the nukes on my desk. And America should be worried. Yeah, America. Just I can push that thing anytime and just send missiles at you. And our fearless leader took to Twitter. and <laughs> said, it's, can, you, can you find it? Do you know where it is? Can you find Ugh, that I hate, tweet? I I'm going to paraphrase it, but the way he said it was so good. Basically, he said, the... Uh, the nuclear button on the United States desk that I have in my office is bigger, stronger, and it actually works. Yep, that's essentially what he said. We have two people basically using buttons as a, uh, a, as euphemism. a metaphor for their dicks. <laughs> so I, I can't find it for whatever I reason. I just wanted to, I was beside myself. He's a five-year-old, maybe 13. I'll give him some credit, but like... You're the leader of a country of 320 million people. And when someone from another country says, hey, look out, we might nuke you. The response should not be, oh, yeah, well, my button's bigger. And it works. Jeez, man. Yeah, he's an idiot. So that's what I've heard from the White House so far. The book, I probably won't read it. I'll let everybody else read it because they're going to. I'm going to hear a lot about it. Yeah. I, my nerves can't handle it. I can't read a whole book about that 2016. We just got to 2018. I don't want to relive anything from 2016. <laughs> Ooh, yep. Ain't that the truth? All right. I think we've talked about everything that we needed to. So let's keep it moving to some basketball. All right, folks, it is time to talk some ball before we begin to talk about all of the newsworthy things about everything that is basketball let's talk about who what are we doing at the standings where are we at all right boston is still atop the eastern conference atop the eastern conference yeah still looking good they got a 75 percent win streak 31 wins the them and golden state warriors are the only two teams with 31 wins 30 or above okay um toronto raptors snuck past the Cleveland Cavaliers Mm -hmm. just a little bit in terms of the standings. So they're number two. Cleveland's number three in the East. Mm. Uh, Right now, Golden State is leading 
in the Western Conference mm-hmm. ahead of the Houston Rockets, San Antonio's in the three seed, Minnesota in the four, and Oklahoma City in the five. Those are your usual suspects. Right. Power rankings-wise, um, mm-hmm. the I was reading recently that um, the San Antonio Spurs are number one. So we'll see what comes. Like they're they've been doing real well. Uh, they are. They're consistently. Uh, Number one ahead of Golden State. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see how you can put them ahead of Golden State. That's what the power ranking says. I didn't see them. Okay, that's you know that's <laughs> interesting. You got Lamarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol, two older bigs. Right. Against that relatively young, scrappy, quick. Golden State yeah. team. Ah, all right. Hey, it's just from this past week. Whatever. Because so, right now we're entering week twelve, yeah. so it's all like right. week. It's post week eleven yeah. thoughts people are having. But before we go and talk about the league, I don't know. Did you hear anything about what happened with Lonzo Ball, specifically Lavar Ball, and some things that he wants to do? He wants to shake things up. I heard he's going to do a league. Yes. That, that much I heard. Yeah. So he is absolutely doing a league. Or he wants to and has plans to make that a thing. Well, let me see if I can pull it up. Oh, no. Where'd it go? It's, Did I? It was something about uh, people leaving. Really, Alex? Really? Apologies. <laughs> uh, it was something about people leaving there high school and having a place to play in a league. So they didn't go to college before going pro. Right. So essentially, LeVar Ball... Uh, said fairly recently uh, that he was that he is it's not that he wants to that he is launching a basketball league for nationally ranked players who have graduated from high school but don't want to go to college. So he said hmm. that uh, his junior basketball association, which he said is fully funded by his big baller brand, uh, plans to pay the lowest ranked player so a true. salary of three thousand a month and the best player ten thousand a month. And Ball's looking for about 80 players to fill about 10 teams. And will seek to play in NBA arenas like Los Angeles, Dallas, Brooklyn, Atlanta, whatever. So I was I, I heard this and I was like, wow, LeVar Ball is going against the NCAA. Because mm-hmm. this is essentially what he's like. He's pulled um, LaMelo out of LaMelo, right? No, LaMelo. Well, Leangelo. Leangelo out of UCLA. And Leangelo and LaMelo are playing out in Europe right now. Um, And so what I found interesting, because then there's been a lot of commentary of like, you know, of NCAA, like a lot of people are only going there for a year and then wanting to go to the NBA. But for Mm -hmm. a year, they're not really getting paid. And like the schools are making stupid amount of money off of these players' bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And... You know, and if they do well, they make it to the NBA, right? Like, not all of them make it, right? And so that's also interesting. And so he's doing this other league where these student, these young players will get paid mm-hmm. well. I mean, not amazingly well, but, like, well. $10,000 is a lot of money if you're the best or player. Or even 3000 3000 is... A month? A month is l- lovely. Yeah. That's, if you just left college, uh, high school to yeah. get 3000 a month playing ball that'd be great yeah and like that could help maybe pay some bills with mom and dad or mm-hmm. whatever you gotta do and then you go a year later into the big leagues of the NBA and make that big money yeah. that big baller brand money I guess yeah. so I don't know if the white man's gonna let LeVar Ball do this 
Because he needs... Where is his money coming from? Well, it's funny that you said Big Baller Brand because I, he's made a lot of money off that. Yeah. Because if those shoes for Lonzo were only just the Lonzo merchandise of the shoes alone. Yeah. Never mind the caps, t-shirts, whatever. Right. No, and, the fa- and the Facebook uh, show that they have. Yeah. Like, it's, all of it is yeah. making money. $495 for one pair of those shoes. And in the first week that it was released, they had orders for 2000 of them. That comes out to a total of $990,000. So tip the scales a little bit after two a mm-hmm. week, and I'm sure they had over a million dollars easy. So you just put all that together plus the branding and everything. He's yeah. got enough to do this. I, hey, we'll see. But again, I just don't think a white man, sorry, the NCAA, mm-hmm. will let a black man have his own thing and give black players, let's be real, most of these players are mm-hmm. black players, money. Like, I'm just it's going like, to be a problem. It's going to be, it's going to... You're going to lose recruits. This, You're going to lose recruits. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting. Because most of those recruits from high school who may not want to play college ball mm-hmm. don't have the means, funds, or know-how to go play in Europe or China. Yeah. So they're here trying to play with any school that will have them. Um, and he's like, hey, no classes, just ball and you get to tour around and get a sense for like what it is to tour to be on the road to play in arenas and all that and according to this they're not going to be playing college ball either they're going to be playing the you know 12 minute quarters three-point line all those so they're going to be playing 48 minutes they're so they're going to be playing the nba style kind of kind of play so they're training to be ready like they may be better equipped potentially i wonder what the med i don't know how he's gonna the medical staff. Yeah, the, I'm saying like it's not just even playing these, paying these players. It's everything else: the refs, the medical staff, the the trainers, the coaches, sure he, and then you have to think about renting out the arenas. I'm sure he figured this out. Yeah, we'll see. I we think they have see. a lot more money than we realize. I'm sure they do, and I just feel bad for Leangelo because every single time. I go on their Big Baller brand Instagram. I'm like, oh, Leandro's not in any of this. No, <laughs> no, he's got well, the middle child thing. He really does. But anyway, I mean, best of luck to him. I'm all about this because I've, I've come a long way from ex- wanting everyone to go to college. Because I've come oh, to... Oh, yeah. I've, I've come along... Because usually I'm just like, I think everyone needs to go because they all mm-hmm. need to learn to be whatever. But they're not necessarily nope. learning when they're in college necessarily right right um but i think it'd be cool i would love to see either league whether it be the nba or the big baller league Mm -hmm. um have those educational things for the players to be financially more astute you know mentally physically emotionally more healthy so i would love to see that even if they don't go to college because not everybody is meant to go to college i agree so yeah, but that's that was my my update on the Ball family because I feel like we talk about them at least once yeah. in a while, you know. And that, so it sounds like we're both pro Ball League. So. I I mean, why not? Yeah, go ahead, and make it happen, give people opportunities. Yeah. Um, shout out to Chloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson Ooh. for their upcoming. Look at you talking about pop culture. I well, it involves <laughs> Tristan Thompson. I mean, I saw that he was gonna have a child and. With Khloe Kardashian, which they've been together for a couple years. Yeah, and during that time he also had another child, but whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, with his um, baby mama. All right, Tristan. <laughs> Make it happen. Um, so he's having a, a kid. They're with child, and Khloe seems very happy about it, very excited. She went on the Ellen DeGeneres show today. She looks great. 
she looked wonderful, very stunning, and uh, not showing yet. She's six month. Well, she's showing a little bit, but it didn't really carry over on the television at Ellen's show. So yeah. she looked like she was just her normal. But she's self. also like very fit. Like yeah. she's so I'm. That's what happens when you are a fit mm-hmm. person. Like you don't show a lot. I mean, she's gonna show like yeah. Six, month eighth and ninth. Yeah, in the next couple months, she's probably going to start popping out a little bit. But yeah, so that's exciting. We'll see what happens three months or so from now. We'll yeah. uh, we'll enter. That's going to be a tall know. kid. It's going to be a super tall kid. Yeah. She's pretty tall. Right. And, you know, people people say that she is OJ's daughter. So, Do they say that? Yeah. Because she looks so different from the rest of her family. Like, she's taller than the rest of her family. Like, if you compare it to, like, Kim. she's OJ's daughter. Like, Chris and OJ? Yeah. Because they were, like, family friends. I'm so intrigued right now. Her <laughs> nose looks a little different than the well, other Well, I'm sure ones. that's also, like, surgery and, like, makeup. Uh, I mean, like, broader. Her nose looks broader. Sure. Not as narrow as the others. What I'm saying is black people have broader noses. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I'm be- putting out there. And I think that's beautiful. So. Okay. So, uh, all right. Okay. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's every, the, the show a couple of times I've asked her to do paternity tests, like the keeping up with the Kardashian show, like her mom would be like, just do a paternity test. And, and Chloe's like, God, no, mom, I'm not, go- I'm not love going to. Love me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just your money bank. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh, anyway, so best of luck to them. Hoping for a healthy pregnancy for her. Because I, yeah, I can only imagine what having a child is like. So, yeah, uh, just they don't know what the sex of the child is. I yet. don't think they'll so. figure it out. I do not think so, and the child will figure it out too. What gender they will be, <laughs> right? So, hey, you're right. Yeah. So, with well, that being said, do you want to talk about the Nike City Edition uniforms? Yeah. So Nike is the new uh, apparel provider for the NBA this year. They have previously a, was Adidas. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the contract goes for I think five years or so, yeah, maybe seven. Usually. Um, so they Nike's making all their apparel, and so Nike's making some creative alternate jerseys for yeah. teams and their city edition. So it's kind it. of based in the city where the team plays. Yep. They have some character marks. So they release, they're going to do one for every team, but I think they just released the first like 22. Right. So we, there's more teams than that. Yeah. <laughs> we will go through uh, some of the ones that we thought were more interesting yep. to point out some of the things that maybe you didn't know, but you can find these on uh, the undefeated.com. Mm-hmm. Um, just search uh, NBA City Edition Nike uniforms. Um, so right up top, uh, Brooklyn Nets. Yep. What do, you, what do you think about those? The Brooklyn Nets one? Hold uh-huh. on, I'm going to pull it up. It's the all black and white like normal. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It, it's very it's very on brand of Brooklyn. You see the lines in the background? Yeah. You know what those are? No. It's the cables from the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, okay, 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 I see that. And the line, sorry, this is a podcast, you can't (laughs) see this, but we'll describe, it's all black, except there's some gray lines in the background very softly that look like the Brooklyn Bridge strands, the cables that hold up the suspension bridge, and then these, if you just look at the front of the jersey, you see these two white uh, vertical pieces going up toward the armpits, Mm -hmm. and it's like a, a... Looks like a white missile, but on the other side, on the back, is also another one. And so together, if you see the person at a profile, it looks like the 
like archways of the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, that's cool. cool right? Yeah. Okay. That's I good. like that. I'm into Very it. Classy and simple. Um, Chicago, your yes. team. Yes, do it. Red and blue. Sure Soft is. Soft blue. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us why the colors of red and blue? So this new? is, so for the dumbasses that thought this was a whack um, <laughs> There jersey, were some people out there not getting this. And I want to say that you're dumb. I stand by my what I say. Okay. Um, so basically, the reason why it's the colors that they are is because it represents the Chicago flag. And specifically for those of you who grew up in Chicago, you learn about the Chicago flag and what it represents like in elementary school. Mm-hmm. So just a quick refresher. The flag is just a, a white flag with two blue stripes. Um, the blue stripes represent um, one is Lake Michigan. The other one is the Chicago River. That's what the blue stripes represent. And in the middle, the, then there's obviously if there's two blue stripes, but then there's also white stripes, right? Like there's white stripes, three, yeah. uh, three white stripes. Um, so the three white stripes um, are the north side, the south side, and the west, west. side, yeah. essentially. And then there are uh, there are four stars, uh, which is why there are four stars on the jersey. Mm-hmm. And the four stars represent uh, four specific like things that happened in Chicago. One of them is the fire, right? Yes. So the first one is Fort uh, Dearborn, um, is like a, a a fort in Fort Dearborn. It's oh. like a thing that we had. Um, the Great Chicago Fire, the 1893 World's Fair, and the Century of Progress oh. Expo. So those are the four things. Oh. The six points also mean something. I forget what they mean. Yeah, I was wondering um, about that. The six points also mean something. Okay. I just forgot. But uh, but yeah, looks great. And for those of you who think it's stupid, you're dumb. Every year, there's a best flag competition in uh-huh. the world where they just take flags from all over the world and decide... Right. Who has the consistently? Chicago is always in the top three for best flags mm-hmm. globally because it's very simple. The model for just FYI, model for making a good flag, a good rule of thumb mm-hmm. is to draw it on a one inch surface mm-hmm. as tiny as possible and then blow that up. So it should be recognizable from a very far distance. That's the idea. So the six points represent the virtues of religion, education, aesthetics, justice, uh, beneficence, and civic pride. Those are the six things. Chicago. Chicago. Top three every year. Top three every year. That's the jersey. Myrtle, Myrtle cap, murder capital of the world. <laughs> no, you're not. Mm. Of America, at least. St. Louis was number one for a minute. I'm not proud of that, yeah. but we developed we <laughs> that title. I'm not going to argue over this. Either way, murdering's My bad. Don't do it. My button's bigger than yours. It's like if you murdered somebody. No, it's not like if you murdered somebody. Uh, uh, the land, Cleveland. Their Cleveland. Very simple, uh, understated, but it's, it's it, across the front, it just says the, the land, land. Yep. which is what LeBron and the team call it. And then um, it's just got like some, because the crest this year they have is on the side. And mm-hmm. it just seems like the accents kind of mirror the, the lines of the crest. Right. And it also says defend on the bottom left. Right. Which is always like defend the land. Defend, defend the land. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, we should say cool. all of these jerseys have a little statement at the bottom, right? Above the tag. So Chicago says sweet, sweet home. home. Oh, sweet home Chicago. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little, I like Nike really did some research on this. Yeah, they, um, it's like they talk to the people of that city, like mm-hmm. Chicago. Like one of the things that I've been looking forward, like looking forward to getting or mm-hmm. potentially making myself is a Chicago flag situation framed in my apartment. It'd be looking good. That'd be yeah. great. 
because there's a lot of pride behind that if you're from Chicago. You know it very well. Amen. All right. The next. Bay. The Bay. Golden State. It's, there's a lot going on. Well, sort of. So it's a bright yellowy, like a golden yellow, right? Yeah. Like a marigold. A marigold, yeah. Marigold is, I would golden say. Golden rod, yeah. Yeah, it's very bright mm-hmm. with some bluish purple accents around the the neck and the arms. Yep. With a, it's a red? Red. That looks red, right? Yeah, like it's a red, blue and red. A red strip. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says 46 in the middle. I don't know why it says 46. Yeah, it just That's shows a number. Yeah. Right. It says the bay across the front instead yeah. of Golden State, right. which is cool. But I and the the image is interesting because it looks like a dragon, kind of like a, a. So it's a circle with the bay, like the Golden State Bridge that's golden. Mm-hmm. But then above that, it looks like this. Doesn't it look like a dragon? Yeah, it's a dragon to play off of like Chinatown and oh, the Asian shoot. influence in um, the bay. Culturally okay. inclusive or, or appropriating, depending on what your, your angle is. And then we're going to say culturally inclusive in this moment. Yeah, I think it acknowledges a, a population in the Bay Area that's that been there for a long time. Huge influence. That's really Chinatown cool. in San Francisco is It's real cool. Fun. It's uh, super fun. I've been there. It's fun. Yeah. They have um, the word in the bottom of the jersey says prosperity. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. All right, next. Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, yes. Yes. You like this one. I totally love this one. What What about it? So they, my understanding is, is the spirit of the Black Mamba is what was told to me. Mm. <clears throat> so it looks very like snake. And so for those of you who don't know, the Black Mamba is the one and only Kobe Bryant. Right? Yeah. Am, am I mistaken? The Hall of Famer. No, the Hall of Famer. Well, future Hall of Famer. He's not well, the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah. Right. Let's. Let's relax. <laughs> Two jerseys retired yeah. recently. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the jersey has like a, a snakeskin um, pattern mm-hmm. to it. Looks good. Uh, which is cool. And it has on the bottom, it says Lore series and it has Kobe's signature on I the. I can't believe they did that. Yeah. Which is, you know, and I like it because, and it's yellow and black, which is very, mm-hmm. very Kobe. Very Kobe. And, <laughs> and it just shows how much he's ingrained in that. That's franchise amazing more than the guy who still doesn't have you're never a gonna get a freaking statue, statue. You, you might as well just give up <laughs> kareem they're never gonna show you any kind oh, of respect. so sad the disrespect <laughs> uh, all right that's cool memphis next. grizzlies so you told me about this this is super cool people on the internet are not in the know and they're, they're not woke that's really what some it is people off so i've pissing seen you off because i've no i read some comments and people were like furious um so on some sneakerhead vlogs and everything yeah they went through these jerseys and some people were like oh memphis is super plain it's yeah, like just a white, white jersey with a black just black print. font yeah. and the font is super simple um and it's just got some underline in the middle of it the emphasis and is underlined the in emphasis memphis. not the m or the s at the beginning of the end but, but the, the emphasis, emphasis. Yeah. so it's like eh, why did they even do this right. it's just like shows nothing well which actually, is what i thought too i was just like oh it's sure. a plain jersey actually the memphis jerseys make reference to dr martin luther king jr say it again tell us more Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. And the reason he was there in Memphis that day Mm -hmm. was to do a sanitation strike because the sanitation workers were on strike. They wanted equal pay and uh, 
you know, they were being discriminated against based on color right. and class. And so basically that they're, they're just a man, right? Yeah. I, I am a man. So they held up signs that said, I am a man. Mm-hmm. And it was the AM was underlined mm-hmm. with that same kind of underline on the Memphis jersey. And the fonts are pretty similar as far as like, mm-hmm. it's just like just a basic block font. That's yeah. Seems us. very similar. Yeah. So that's, yeah, Memphis said, why don't we go to the civil rights history of this town and we're just going to leave it very understated and to the point. I think that's That's really cool. That's awesome. That's conscious on Nike's part. Well done. So people out there, that's that's what's going on with the Memphis jerseys in case you weren't sure. Um, Nola's jersey looks fine. It's Mardi Gras colors. Yeah. Very to be expected. Um, Next, Philadelphia? Says Phila. Um, I don't know anything about the history of it. I mean, it looks very retro. Yeah, I just think it goes back to a time when they all it said was Phila on the front of their jerseys, kind of like a, um, who is the uh, Wilt Chamberlain? Yeah. Like when he played there. Yeah. Except the font is more cursive. Yeah. And it's an off-white jersey, so it's yeah, a cream it's like color. A cream color, yeah. Looks very classic. Yeah, and very like red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Like it looks very red, white, and like cream. Yeah. Like red, cream, and blue. Yeah, it's but a yeah. good, good, actually makes me hungry for ice cream or something. <laughs> um, and then Portland, Rip City. Rip City. Classically known as Rip City by the people who live there. It's a nickname um, of the basketball town. And the pattern on the back is checkered. Yes. Do you know what that's about? Nope. Former coach, Hall of Fame coach for them, Jack Ramsey, mm-hmm. used to wear checkered pants on the sideline checkered blazers passed away in 2014 they're i think he's their all-time winningest coach like won some championships like bill walton yeah back in the day and so he's a beloved uh figure in the community of portland or was and so they put the checker on uh plaid on the back to uh show respect that's awesome i mean obviously there's a lot more um are we talking about any more no i think we got them I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely others, more. but it's, yeah. Um, what I love about this is, I mean, we're just talking about jerseys, right? Like, it's like we're talking about shoes. It's like, it's just something that you wear. But I love that Nike is using the history of the city, uh, whether it be from civil rights to just like what we know of the city, what people mm-hmm. take pride in the city, as well as its integration with basketball in a way that is really beautifully done and I think that's it's super great like I really want the Chicago jersey really like I don't know why I want it but I want it um I want the Memphis jersey because hell yes like that's what the Memphis jersey yeah yeah but I mean I'm saying the Chicago jersey like I would not expect anyone outside of a Chicagoan to want that just because of what that flag means like what the flag means to me you're just gonna be like yeah it's a flag cool keep it moving right but for me there's more to it. Like it reminds me of a time when I was younger. It reminds me of a time of learning about the flag mm-hmm. and also watching Michael Jordan be the greatest of all time. You know, like it's very different. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's really cool to see Nike doing these city editions. I'm excited to see what the others look like. Um, and yeah. Cool. All right. So now that we talked about all of those things, I feel like we have to talk about the biggest thing that happened this week. What's that? IT is back. Oh yeah, that was definitely the biggest thing for my week. <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing that's Schedule happened. Scheduled my entire week around that. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas, for those of you who don't know, former Celtic, current Cavalier, mm-hmm. uh, came back and played against the Trailblazers. Wasn't yep. it the Trailblazers? Mm-hmm. Had a great debut. 17 points in 19 minutes of play. <laughs> Sick. It's the same dude. 
Same he's, dude. If you're wondering, he's the same guy. Yeah. Just still <laughs> just... amazing. Um, he's back. They had another game against the Celtics where the Cavaliers mm-hmm. did lose. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he played. He did. Uh, he was playing by box scores. I thought he did play. I saw that game. He, he said hi to a bunch of people. I think he played you for actually... a few minutes, I thought. Okay. Maybe it wasn't very long. Um, but anyway, they lost. Um, so they lost pretty handedly, but I will say that Boston was loving and warm to uh, mm. Isaiah because of, I mean, it's because of Isaiah that they have come to where they are in the moment. And there was no hard feelings between him and Kyrie, which was really sweet. They seemed to have a good camaraderie, like a good conversation. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. A good, good hug he, it out. He hugged out with everybody, yeah. even Kyrie. It seemed like there was all respect. Like even the yeah. players in the Celtics team were like, yo, like we love him. Like mm-hmm. he's, he only played two and a half years Yeah, there, but he was, and that was the thing they were wondering, is he going to get a tribute video? Yeah. He didn't get a tribute. Video. He did not. And he, and some people <laughs> were like, you're so selfish. Why would you want that? He's like, cause I did a lot for the damn city. Well, he said it was for his family. Cause the family was going to be in the, yeah, arena. Oh, it's for you. It's for you, buddy. <laughs> Come on. And you did a lot for this. Like, let's call it what it is. Like, you did a lot for the city. You so. did play very well. You took that team very far last year. So, yeah. I mean, you deserve all the praise. He did not play in that game. Oh, He's he marked didn't? his uh, DMP. They were arresting him for that oh. game. So, they're like, you know, this is too much pressure. We're not going to put you in here. Let's not blow out your hip. Yeah, it makes sense. On this. So, I don't know. Maybe I just thought he would play because he was not wearing a suit. Like, he was wearing, yeah, like, warm-ups. warm-ups. Yeah. Yeah. But he, anyway, he looks really good. And you know who else looks good? Huh. D Rose. He he did some warm ups too. Oh, that good. game. But didn't play. But yeah. He's, I, yeah, again, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Hey, he I said he's coming back. Calderon's so. going to just go sit farther down on the bench and <laughs> D Rose is going to play. But D Rose doesn't shoot. Like Isaiah stretches the floor because he can shoot and right. he can drive. But D Rose can only drive and he can't really move laterally to defend right. as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think as much as IT is going to give them the points, Cavalier, like to the points for the Cavaliers, mm-hmm. my worry is his defense because the reality is Cavaliers is not a great defending team, a defense team. Right. And so, yeah, you could have all the offense out there in the world. You got to stop the ball. But you have to stop the ball. And he doesn't, yep. like, he stops the ball offensively. Like, mm-hmm. he always shoots. When the ball's in his hand, he's going to shoot. Yeah. Because that's what he knows. That's what he's been used to. And if you saw what he did in the Trailblazer Mm -hmm. game, that's exactly what happened. Every time he had the ball, he shot. I mean, that's why... They told him to do that. Yeah. I mean, right. They told him to do that because that's what his role is. But if potentially you are going to go up against potentially... The Warriors. The Warriors. Potentially the Spurs. One of the best defending teams out there. Or the the Rockets. Or the Rockets. Another great defensive team. I wouldn't say great. But they're good. They're They're, not... They're they're not fine. They're not better than... They're better than they were last year. And they're not... Mike D'Antoni teams are never great defensive teams. Right, but they're better than the Cavs are. Yes. So, you can put up all the points you want if you don't know how to defend and get the ball back. They do need that. So, that's going to be a problem. Did you see the reactions from Dwayne Wade and and Kevin Love and everything after IT went out there? They were just smiling so hard. Yeah. And in their interviews, they were just saying, one, how was it out there, Dwayne? I mean, what was the fact? 
what was the factor in you all taking this game against Portland? First of all, we had IT back, mm-hmm. and he's just a scorer. And you yep. saw Dwayne Wade just super happy. Yeah. And everyone keeps mentioning how nice it is to see him actually step into the role that he's so comfortable in yeah. and just putting the ball in the basket. Yeah. And he's worked his butt off for the past, since May, Yeah. to play. Did They sent him to the Canton mm-hmm. for the, the, what do you call them, the Canton Charge, I think is their, D, their G League team. Uh-huh. And so he was supposed to play a little bit down there to get some uh, time in. Mm-hmm. And he warmed up, um, shot around a little bit, but he didn't play at all in the game. Right. And the reporters asked Isaiah, so, you know, they kind of beat around the bush for a little bit. And Isaiah's got one of the best smiles of anyone. Yeah, and he has he's, a really sweet smile. Yeah, he's just just smiling, asking, answering questions, and just being very like polite with people. And then they kind of slowly hint at, are you going to play? And he, just, <laughs> he just says, I will not be playing a single game for the charge. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. I'm not playing a single G League game. Because so, I'm part of the motherfucking NBA. I'm a star. So I cannot. I just go well, back to that quote. And, and yeah. I'm, it's interesting because like, I think there's been a lot of commentary on how he's going to mesh with the star that is the greatest player LeBron, in the world, yeah. LeBron, and him... This like mighty little dude. It's gonna who, be. It's gonna, but it's, but like, it seems like being part of this team is like such a brotherhood more than I've seen in yeah. any other team. Absolutely. And that has a lot to do with LeBron's leadership, that, that mm-hmm. and LeBron's like love for yeah. not just the game but for the people in the game. Yes, absolutely. So and which is what makes him a great basketball player. He's a leader. Yeah, he's absolutely a leader, and like. You know, people are like, "Oh, is he ever going to catch up to Michael?" Is he ever? Gonna... I'm like, I don't think he's going to ever catch up to Michael. In Michael Jordan, of... in terms of like championships, MVPs, things of that nature, things of that. But he's going to be he's going to be stacked as far as stats are concerned, as far as longevity is concerned. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years, and he still looks flipping great, if he's not, gonna, looks better. He's going to be incredible. No, he looks better now because he's had to do it. Without it, mm-hmm. now that it's back, I think you're going to see LeBron's numbers go Down. start dipping. Yeah, from where they were. I mean, he's been Asked MVP status now, yeah. but he's not going to be for the rest of the season. Speaking of brotherhood, mm-hmm. did you hear? I only heard this recently, but this was reported about a month ago. Um, but the brotherhood was not keen on Dwayne Wade coming into yeah. the Cavs. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard about. I that. did not know that. So, I didn't realize how many people were ruffled by Richard Jefferson leaving Mm -hmm. and Dwayne Wade coming to, first of all, Dwayne Wade coming to play for you for $1 million. Yeah. You all need to sit down. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting Dwayne Wade, who is a hall of famer. Right. Who's going to average. He's averaged what? 19 points a game last year on this team. He'll average at least 11, which is he's averaging. It was all feelings. It was all feelings. That's all it was. Jr. was like, but LeBron, you know, that means I'm going to have to come off the bench. Yeah. Get, Sit your ass on the bench. Get <laughs> over it. You know, it, was, it was like, to me, it made me realize how like babyish some of these guys can be sometimes. I mean, they're, they're egos. Young. They're yeah, ego- it's the yeah, egos. It's... Like, they seem like grown ass men with all these tattoos and like built bodies, but mm-hmm. they are still sometimes. JR is not that young, but for a lot of those guys, they're still in the mindset of this is basketball. So right. you are the leader. You're the teammate who brought us all here. If you bring in your buddy Dwayne, 
That means he's going to take something away from us. Yeah, that means we know you guys are good friends, and then we won't be as, like, close. We will be friends with you. And I'm going to have to sit on the bench, and I don't want (laughs) to... JR, you average five points a game, brother. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Sit down. (laughs) What are you doing? So, I don't know. Everybody has feelings. But it was really nice. That gives me more context and um, appreciation for Dwayne Wade, who decided he would go to the bench and ultimately would D-Rose out, play the point guard role. Yeah. And he's been very successful. Yeah, he's been doing great. He's been doing awesome. So, So I'm glad to see IT IT back. I'm glad to see the brotherhood being the brotherhood at the end of the day, which is always good. Um, there's only two other things we wanted to talk about, but I feel like we do need, we're like halfway through the season, right? A little bit halfway through the season. Yeah. Maybe a little less. Um, but you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, MVP, defensive player of the year. And something we haven't really talked about is rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about the rooks that have started? So rookies are usually the first, their first year in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on... Yeah, some I, of the some of the rooks. Let's consider this like a report card. Let's do the report card. Let's so do it. So your first, uh, welcome to school, kids. The <laughs> NBA. Um, it's your first year in, and here's your like updated report card. Yeah. We got the uh, Jason Tatum's out there. Jason Tatum in uh, the Boston. Celtics. Yep. He is not supposed to be this good. No. And he has stepped up to average 14 points a game. Five and a half rebounds mm-hmm. and a, an assist here or there. Well, he's stepping up because Gordon Haywood. Hey, yeah. Hey, Hayward. Wood. I said Wood, hey. right? What did hey I say? Hayward. Wait, hey now word? you have me. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Yeah. Hayward. You know, Hayward is a different our, guy. Yeah, that's a Haywood different... played for someone else. The anyway. Wizards and the Cavs. Okay. Because um, he got injured, he mm-hmm. had to step up and do what Gordon would have done. And this kid doesn't have a body yet. He's straight, like, straight. He's straight so, out of St. Louis. He's this so dude lanky. Is straight out of St. Louis, Chaminade High School. Repping STL all day. I know. Jason so, Tatum. He was He's, in uh, Kyrie's uh, commercial. He was. In look, Kyrie's. Looked good. Looked great. Yeah, on plant-based diet. <laughs> um, Jason Tatum is Sorry. a better rookie than anyone expected, except for maybe Danny Ainge, because Danny Ainge made the trade mm-hmm. uh, the, in the draft to get this to happen. Um, so I'll be interested to see when this guy actually gets some a little more muscle on him. Give him another year, like he's gonna yeah. like give him some year, a year to condition, and in the off season he's gonna he's gonna bulk up. Boston might have too much talent once Gordon Hayward comes back, and he's talking about coming back this year even, which yeah. I would not if you busted up yeah. your leg as bad as that Ooh, was. That was so bad. Don't relive <laughs> that. Don't think about that. Um, but so I would give overall, based on where he was projected to where he is now, fourteen and five. It's I great. mean, that's a that's an a minus. That's I get a minus for that. Yeah, JT. They call him JT. It's kind of cute. Do they? They do. I mean, it's that's what Kyrie called him on, in the commercial. Those of you oh, we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Kyrie's commercial, check it out. It's definitely funny. He spins a flat Earth. It's a thing. That was cool. <laughs> uh, let's do the Lakers. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Do it. Lonzo is picking up his stats. Mm-hmm. Ten points a game, seven rebounds, seven assists. Cool. Those are Jason Kidd type rookie numbers. Yep. The only problem is uh, he's shooting Your shot like is terrible. 33% from the field. You are a terrible shot. You, I, I mean, we talked about this before. We talked about it a few minutes ago when we were off mic. But how did your father let that shot happen? Man, that's that going to be a summer. Ugly shot. You have summer homework, um, yeah. young man. So, so you're going to give him a B? 
for that? Well, I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them a B plus. Give him a B plus. Okay. But uh, because if he had a higher shooting percentage, he'd be averaging 15, 16 points a game. Yeah. Um, but still, assist wise and rebounds. That's great. You're doing a lot of work, man. I would give you an A minus, but you just got to get that field goal percentage up because yeah. he's just a liability for the team, you know. Yeah. Um, and then let's go to Dallas. You don't want to talk about Kuzma? Oh right, thank you, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> that that brother. For me, he's the rookie MVP for that team. Right. He's averaging. I agree. 17 and a half points a game. Yep. Dude, rookie 17 and a half points yeah. a game with six he's rebounds. He's like, as much as like Lonzo's there, he's the star player. He is. Those two together in yeah, tandem are if, working really well. If you keep them together, Lonzo shoots less and Kuzma shoots more. Yep. You're in good shape. Uh, what, do you, what do you give him? Like a. I'd give him an A. A minus. A minus. Yeah. I'd be okay with it because it's, yeah. it's 17.5, how much? And in six sense. rebounds. Six rebounds. Yeah. yeah, A minus, but sounds right. Yeah, he's not blowing me out of the water. No, totally, but but good. Um, and then you got, all right. Now we'll go to Dallas. Let's go to Dallas. And I got uh, your boy Smith Junior. Dennis Smith Junior. Yes. Almost fourteen points a game, four assists, four rebounds. That seems like That's a solid B. A point guard, like he's tenacious. Yeah. And he's got a lot of potential, and I think he's gonna be good. I give him a B B plus. Uh yeah B I, I would say B B because numbers Lonzo's a little bit better on yeah the overall that's what I was saying like B yeah uh and then who else are we looking at we'll go to the jazz jazz okay Utah Utah yeah the Utah go jazz to the, your, Donovan Mitchell your boy Donovan is averaging after that killer night he had the other yeah. day he is now averaging eighteen point three points a game three assists three rebounds. That sounds 18, like a three solid three. A. Well, no, A minus. Because a minus. It's three, it's three and three. Yeah, three and three. Yeah, I would say an A because, again, I don't think he's going to stay in Utah very long. Maybe no. He's After that, every game, the vets come up to him like, hey, good game. He's like, cool. See you in free agency. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not going to be there very long. But uh, he's definitely a, a star in the making. Mm-hmm. He has, I mean, he, I think there's some things he needs to work on, but that looks good to me. I thought if Gordon Hayward had stayed with that team and the two of them had played together this year. Oh, wow, yeah. There were a lot been. of potential. But Woulda, coulda, was, shoulda. Wasn't meant to be. Yep. Um, Last but definitely not least. Philadelphia. Let's talk about Benjamin the Simmons. not actual rookie, because he was redshirted last year with an injury. Yes. So, second year, but he's technically in his first season as a rookie. Yep. He's averaging... Say it. 17 points. Yes. Seven assists and eight and a half rebounds. Seven and a half assists, eight and a half rebounds, 17 points. Yep. That's an A. That's, That's a solid A, a for solid me. A. I mean, I think he's going to be rookie of the year. I think he should be. So. He's, the guy is a six foot ten point guard. Yeah. How does that, how do you, how? That's stupid. How is that possible? That's, well, he came in and said, you know, I'm the point guard, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, have you seen how tall you are? He said, uh, the ball in my hands. Thank you. Now. <laughs> Thank you very much. And they pretty much didn't say anything uh, to the contrary. Tri- Do you know how many triple doubles he has this, this year? Uh, I think two. I could be wrong. But uh, he's, no, nah, he's a maniac out there. And yeah. he's just so graceful. If he could work on an outside shot. 
Well, that's, I think that's his problem because he's all he all of his shots are within ten I think within mm-hmm. ten feet of the ball of mm-hmm. the of the rim layups. So it's all layups. It's he, he's and that's great, but if you this league is clearly changing into a league. Not only can you you need shoot, to shoot son. you need to be able to shoot outside the perimeter. Need a young gun. Yeah. So that's I mean he has time. It's his first like real season in the game, right? right. So and he's. He's getting ready for it, and he's super adorable, and I hope he gets he's it. He's mature, and yeah. I think that's nice. Alongside Embiid, who yeah. is a little more playful. He's a little um, more uh, tenacious. Embiid is your, if I can make the comparison, personality-wise, your Shaquille O'Neal. And Simmons is not quite Kobe, but he's more focused. People have compared Ben to LeBron. Oh, in style of play, for sure. So I can see... Yeah, I mean, as long as he is healthy and, you know, is maybe go on a plant-based diet like uh, Kyrie Irving, you might be okay. Eat less meat, y'all. <laughs> uh, seriously. And then there's, uh, well, let's talk about the fashion addition to the NBA right now. Yes, let's do it. Coming out later this month in January, mm-hmm. in the first line. Lo- I have always asked this question. If there was an athlete in the NBA right now who does not have a signature shoe... But should have one. But should have one, it should be Russell Westbrook. 100%. I was surprised when you were like, oh, Russell has a signature shoe coming out. I'm just like, wait, he hasn't had one already? I'm How saying, is that not possible? Up until last... Oh, well, up until this month, Russell has been kind of the flagship athlete for the Jordan brand line. Right. Jordan will always release a new sneaker. They're uh-huh. on the Jordan 32 right now. Yeah. And Russell will wear it. Right. And he'll be the guy. Who and also Kawhi will wear it and yeah. some other players. But mostly they, they it's Russell. advertise Russell. Well, the Jordan Why Not 0.1 oh. is coming out later this month. And it is true Westbrook Brody oh. fashion. Yes. You want to describe it? Because you're good at describing these things so much better than I'll me. do my best. It's kind of hard because we've not seen something like this. Ever or it, it borrows a little bit from some '90s retro looks, but I'll do my best. Or early 2000s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it's a textile upper. Okay. So there's like the upper, which is the fabric overlay on the foot, and then there's the midsole, which is the cushion right underneath the foot, and then the outsole, uh, the rubber bottom. So the upper part, the front of it, the toe all the way to the midfoot is this kind of white. Well, this is the colorway white and black that mm-hmm. Brian and I are looking at, but uh, it comes in various colors that are going to drop later this oh, month. Oh, yeah, he but... has a, the colorful one, too. Like, mm-hmm. the... It's like some tech, it's like tech print or something yeah. like that. This white version, it looks like kind of a, a mesh or textile woven upper. Yeah. And then there's a poly uh, fiber kind of overlay across the front with the Jordan logo on it. So basically the whole front kind of looks like this sock textile uh-huh. but the thing that you'll notice is there's no laces yeah there's no a drawstring yep so interwoven into all this fabric is a system of um tension with the drawstring that acts as the lace system yeah so there's that and then there's a strap across the ankle that goes uh, across the tongue of the shoe mm-hmm. and if you uh Look on the strap. It says the RW logo, Russell's logo that they've been using with Jordan for a while. You pull that strap back from the foot, which, by the way, that strap will lock 
the foot down into the shoe super secure so he's making all those cuts jabs drives whatever like he's super secure inside that with the strap going across you take the strap off you just move it back a little bit and underneath it on the tongue it says russell's quote why Why not not? yes anything's possible right why not um the back of the shoe has all this hunk of meaty foam on the back that goes all the way from the top of the ankle down to the base of the shoe and it just comes out in this geometric um linear form and in this model it's all black but it just seems like extra foam on the back Mm -hmm. it's probably really lightweight but it makes the shoe look a little bulky yeah but which is why it gives that a little bit of a retro vibe yeah exactly and it's not very uh efficient or fluid in that way it's not built for speed but you know, Russell is very fast. He doesn't really care about that. And he's the fashion guy. Yeah. Like, to do a shoe that had laces and was typical would not be his style. Yeah. And, like, I was just looking at a few commentary and people are like, eh, I don't, I'm not feeling it. Like, mm-hmm. it's whatever. But that's just, that's Russ. Like, when yeah. he wears things, people are like, would I ever wear that? Probably not because you're not Russell Westbrook. No, Russell grows on you and everything yeah. he wears Like, I'm grows just looking at you. this more and more and I'm just like, I could... I, I see where he's going with yeah. it. I'm into it. He would it looks never, good. He would never want to do a shoe that looked like somebody else's shoe. No, never. So, would. oh, I don't like it. It's because you've not seen a shoe that looks like this. Right, but once and you even the, the textile print one, it looks really cool too. Mm-hmm. But it's, again, very like 90s retro-esque, like, I, like old school vibes, which I'm, which I'm kind of loving. The uh, outsole rubber on the bottom has a multi-directional herringbone Ooh. traction print. Which is super aggressive, so when he's making cuts and drives and all that, it's, it's going to stick. It's going to be really good um, for picking up friction. Uh, the rubber compound hopefully will be uh, sticky enough to, to, you know, you won't be sliding around. It'll be good with gripping the floor. Mm-hmm. The thing that's getting people really geeked out about this are two things. The laceless? No. Okay. The cushion system. What is the cushion system? It's a full length zoom air unit so it's an air bubble going from the heel all the way to the forefoot encapsulate encapsulated inside the shoe that's awesome it's bottom loaded so you can kind of see it through the bottom of the shoe if you have a translucent uh, rubber on the bottom but we haven't seen full length air except well recently they did it in the jordan 32 no 30 one. one of the Jordans. <laughs> Jordan the 31. Okay. The one that came out before the last one mm-hmm. um, had it. But we hadn't seen it in a long time. So it's super rare. When they do put it in a shoe, it's usually like 160 to $180. Right. They're price tagging this first shoe by Russell Westbrook at a draw-dropping $125. Wait, what? That is stupid cheap for a signature shoe for an MVP. He's the reigning MVP, triple-double champion. And still, still the reigning triple-double yeah. person right now. $125 is not what That's you nothing. should be charging. That's nothing. I couldn't even buy that. The Derrick Rose shoe for Adidas. Is it more expensive? $140. Oh, brother. <laughs> Harden, Harden <laughs> shoe is, James Harden's shoe is $140. LeBron's shoe is $185, and Kevin Durant's is $150. So you're charging for Russell Westbrook's on the Jordan line, which typically has the most expensive price tags, one twenty-five. What? what it's telling you is it's for everybody. Well, it's for everybody, but more so the they understand that the bubble's popping and you can't charge exorbitant prices for these right. shoes anymore because people are watching 
the Steph Curry lines, the U, uh, the UA, mm-hmm. and some of the Adidas shoes that are priced on the lower end side, you can't start charging astronomical prices anymore. Unless you are like a LeBron, because LeBron had um, a shoe that came out at Kith that was, well, that was like a signature. Like the line was out the door around the corner sure. and the next block. Well, it's down. Kith. But it's also Kith. Kith right? is like a very... If you're not familiar uh, where you are, Kith is like a, a super deluxe uh, chic brand yeah. that does customized modeling of yeah. certain things. And so they can take a LeBron shoe and that's normally I, 185 I, I really make it 400 wanted, I really wanted one. And I was like, nope, can't yeah. do that. Because it looked like LeBron's new shoe looks really nice. It does. And I was like, why do I want, like, this is this is when I get mad at myself for hanging out with you. Because all I want are shoes. I just want oh, more sneakers. Oh, that happened? I didn't yes. know that was happening to but, you. But oh, you should have told me. But, but, I just don't, I just like look at it. It's just like eye candy for me. Yeah. You know, I, I can look. I can't touch. Or buy it. So it's temptation for it's you. It's all temptation. Oh my God. And you just got these like uh, limited edition laceless shoes. I, I sent it to you. I'm just uh-huh. like, I want it. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. it so yeah, badly. I, I want it. I want it. Yeah. I want it. And to a point where I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need you it. Don't need I it. don't need it. It's just a shoe. It's just a damn shoe. I have so much control over my shoe game now. It was bad for a while. I mean, while, it was bad for I'm a good. minute and I like, felt like I helped you. And you then did. Somehow. You did. I didn't know you needed me now. I can help you now. <laughs> Brian, no. it's just a shoe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. The, uh, but this, this, uh, but there's the Adidas sides coming down. But LeBron's used to be 225. Oh, yeah. It came down after Steph Curry's shoes started going out and people were buying his Curry ones and twos for right. super cheap. And so, oh, and Dame Lillard, I should shout out, Dame's the best at this. He does it for the people. So, D Lillard of um, Portland, mm-hmm. he releases his shoes. For no more than one hundred and fifteen dollars. Well, it went up to one hundred twenty. One hundred twenty is the most he's ever put a shoe out for. But normally it's one hundred five or one fifteen. Wow. He refuses to put it above a certain price point because he wants people to actually be able to buy the shoe. So LeBron, with all that, his marketing team said, you know, like we're gonna have to bring you down to one eighty five. I mean, let's be real. People like there's I've I heard about this recently that people flip shoes now, which oh, is like yeah. which I was like. That's stupid, stupid money, money. stupid money. So, I mean, there's people who can flip shoes, but then there's also this, you know, notion that like, I remember growing up, people would steal shoes or people would Mm, like, it's like, it it, like people not only steal uh, like shoes from people's feet, Mm -hmm. there's that to straight up stealing and like going to jail and things like that too. So, you know, because these shoes are so expensive and it's part of the culture and it's like, you're, you know, having your J's on, you know, nice and clean with no scuffs is like real hot. I'm going to say something real quick while yeah. we're talking about that. Uh, if you can make a lot of money flipping shoes. Yeah. I mean, sneaker, I know a couple of people who do. Yeah. Same. And <laughs> I've, well, not just shoes, but like anything from Supreme or Kith or mm-hmm. those like those, those uh, limited pop-ups, edition, yeah. limited edition yeah. stuff that comes up and it's like, okay, this is dropping. Get your ticket in line, get your space in line, right. come get your stuff. So if it's a shoe, they know people want to flip these, so they'll buy a $400 shoe and sell it online for $3,000. Yeah. So they will only let you buy one pair, and yep. it's the size that you wear. You can't go in and just buy 
14 right. pairs of shoes. Yeah, no, I think at, at most you can buy is two. Right. So you come in and the whole... Because a lot of people are buying one for themselves and one to flip. That's sure. That's another thing. The hustle, though, you get people in line. You get buddies and people who have different shoe sizes. You all stand in line. Yeah. And so you get the seven, I'll get the eight. You get the nine, I'll get the ten. You'll mm-hmm. also get the eleven with your second pair, whatever. And right. they work it out so they can sell them online for more money. I've had people even who work for me, like and off hours in Mm -hmm. my office like oh i just sold a jacket in your office to some kid from jersey for three thousand dollars i was like oh okay yeah cool the congrats you know and i'm like damn i need to do that but it's um it's a hustle that it takes a lot of um you got to really want to do that man and i don't want to do it um what was the other thing i was gonna say i'm blanking today uh oh this this is where i stopped doing i look at the shoes and i think i'll look at the text look at the the, you know the specs on it and everything at the end of the day if you did a cross section of a shoe and you just cut it straight down the middle with a a buzz saw Mm -hmm. 90 percent of the shoes all have the same thing which is a foam midsole and maybe some kind of cushion it's all aesthetic after a while it's all aesthetic it's all if you if you're into tooling like really what you play in then it's all kind of the same with the exception of some little specs and technology here or there. Mm-hmm. What I started doing is saying, okay, $140 shoe. One, 25% of Americans in 2014 read zero books in a year. Ooh. Like a quarter of our country reads no books in a year. Probably including our president. Definitely including <laughs> our president. And he, uh, so think about it in terms of books I love books I love them more now than I ever have yeah and so if I buy a book at let's say $14 on average a Mm. book that's 10 books for $140 pair of shoes that are going to get scuffed that are going to get used they're going to get creased that are going to get right whereas a book you can go on adventures you can learn there's so much more that you can do I'm just saying that's 10 books Let's read more, folks. <laughs> Yo, and the shoes don't need to be that expensive. Supply and demand, though, <laughs> requires that they be priced at a certain point because people buy into the hype. They're That's good-looking so shoes. Leather, so true. textiles, you know, really nice materials. People like what they like. Books are not as sexy as shoes, but they should be. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that's all that we have for our dribbling section. So let's go and talk about some dope people. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. It's that time of the cast to talk about some dope people that we think are doing some dope things. I think right now it's your turn to start off. Do you have, Who's your dope person this week? This week, the brother Ta-Nehisi Coates. Oh, I'm reading his book. Real knowledge. Uh, what is his book right now? The we were eight years uh, in, in power. Yeah. Yep. The writings during the eight years of the Obama administration yes. plus the first inklings of the new administration mm-hmm. is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I plan it's to all read of his, that. It's all of his Atlantic articles plus some commentary and other insights that he has had. Ta-Nehisi Coates is a writer, an he American totally writer. Is who uh, has done a lot of work for the Atlantic Mm -hmm. publication. And so his newest book addresses kind of what it was like to be a 
black person or an American just under the Obama administration yep. and what that was like. And so you can see that through the lens of the articles that he wrote for The Atlantic in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he was thinking about at the time of the book is what you conveyed to me, mm-hmm. right? His, before what he the, was going through, mm-hmm. like, I mean, he was talking about how he literally had, like, no jobs. Like, he was, like, walking yes. to get <laughs> his unemployment check. Yes. And because his wife broke. was... Broke. He was, like, broke as shit. Yeah. And that's when he got the first, um, he was doing the Bill Cosby article that he Mm -hmm. did. Um, The Bill Cosby conservatism, essentially, which is what like then started his, Mm -hmm. the concept, the next, you know, seven articles on top of other things, obviously. One would not know Ta-Nehisi Coates was never successful the way that you see his star rising today because he is asked to sit on so many panels and interviews. He's on what, three books now? Three or four books? Three. So I was going to say, if you want to read anything by him, you should read Between the World and Me is probably his most iconic book. And it's a short read, but it's very powerful about the life of a black man talking to his black son. Yeah. And what he's trying to convey in that book is super heavy. And there are uh, moments where I was like, I need to like step away. You need to step away. You definitely, it's a short read, but it takes a while because every five or so pages, you need to step back and, and uh, decompress, figure out what, what he's trying to say. And I will say this book is the same way. Whereas like every couple of pages, I'm just like, wait, he just dropped like several beautiful nuggets i've written all over the book it's mm-hmm. so good you could also look at um his case for reparations mm-hmm. which is a article written for the atlantic uh, it's only like 10 feels like 10 years ago mm-hmm. long time ago um but it outlines the case why and how the u.s federal government um systematized poverty for black people and people of color yeah so there's that but he's just a great mind but recently he got into a uh, bit of a Twitter back and forth with one Cornell oh, West. Oh, yes. Another brother of intellect, uh, more so on the divinity um, mm-hmm. side of things. But I respect him, though I might respectfully disagree with Cornell West's general premise that Ta-Nehisi Coates has sort of, as a black man, um, fetishized white supremacy or made it popular in yeah. the eyes of white people mm-hmm. um in terms of like the black experience being kind of commoditized mm-hmm. and so he's saying that white people are reading his books and everything and buying into this and feeling like they're a part of the discussion when really they're not getting it and he's not being critical enough toward white society at large is what cornell west is saying of coast is what my understanding was he also thinks he wasn't as critical of the president. Yes, which Coates was in an interview with the president and pretty hard on him by a lot of people's standards. Mm-hmm. Like Not giving him softball questions, he actually did pick at him a little bit about some things. But you're saying that West was saying he could have gone a little farther. Yeah. Sure. Hey, we all have our things when you manage a country of 320 million people. Yeah, just so, <laughs> um, so, and all that said, Coates I did... I couldn't do it. What I think is a pretty bold thing to say... You know what? I'm seeing a lot of flack on Twitter, not just from West, but his cohort, his people, his his followers. Right. A lot of people are coming at me, backing up West, and I'm just receiving all this hate stuff. I don't need all this. In a world where we're hyper, uh, hyper saturated with mm. all this social media backlash and reaction, to be a popular person in the American lexicon right now 
to step out and delete your Twitter account yeah. is a big move. That's and that's huge. what he did. As a writer, and, and some, as someone who writes, he said, I'm not going to be on Twitter. And some people have given him, like, that's like a cop-out way yeah. to, like, and I'm just like, no, it's, if he wants to do, like, he's allowed to do whatever the hell he wants to do with mm-hmm. his social media accounts. And if he wants to step away because it's not productive, yeah, then he, he has all the right to do that. I'm sad because I loved his Twitter account. I followed it personally. Mm-hmm. And... It's a bummer because I think that it's he had some anecdotes, you know. Again, not everything I agreed with him, but like there's a lot of things he's said and done for the cause that I think is important. You like half a million people are coming at me, and I'm supposed to defend myself with 140 right. characters. Well, 280 characters now. Yeah. But uh, no, I publish books, man. Right. I'm gonna write those. So anyway, um, kudos to him. I will say this just to give everyone uh, some back information on him so ta-nehisi coates uh an american not just writer and author but a journalist comic book writer and educator mm-hmm. he actually teaches at nyu currently in journalism um he is a writer on the black panther comic book series and which is coming out as a movie very no. soon do you know kendrick lamar is doing the yes the soundtrack, soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! It's no, be so- it's all black. Everything in the Black Panther superhero <laughs> it's movie. It's so good. So, my ovaries can't handle I it. I listened to him talk about it, and he's like, "So I've done. Tw- he completed twenty four. He's completed twenty four editions of the Black Panther for them thus far. He started writing on it around the time of Between the World and Me, uh-huh. and he said, "You know what was the black? The Black Panther is a king." Mm-hmm. who is also a superhero but when he looked at the comic books and Ta-Nehisi grew up as a comic book fan Spider-Man yeah. X-Men all that sort yeah, of stuff he was a little he was bit a, of a nerd he yeah. was a nerd yeah. and before there were nerds on his block in Baltimore where right. he grew up he's 42 now grew up in Baltimore you can do the math of like growing up in the 80s early yeah. 90s and he says Black Panther would show up in all the context of the other comics fighting with other superheroes against a larger foe not in Africa, not in right. his nation state. Yeah. Um, but he would just be solving these problems for other people's greater interest. Right. But all the while, you're supposed to be a king. What's happening? What's what happening is in your he, country? What's, what's not? And the, the partners he would have, he right. noticed, were never these like black women of his mm-hmm. setting. So it was like, what is that all about, brother? Like, do you not like being king? Right. And what is it to be a king? It's boring. And if... You're a king who's just like a superhero who's a strong man, like right. physically strong. You're probably a pretty weak king mm. because how do you inspire people? How do you mobilize people? How do you use your mind to create larger systems? If you're just a guy who can punch people, right. you're not very good as a king. So he really like psychologically worked into the character to create some more vulnerable, fragile scenes. of Some flaws. Flaws and mental strain, like those struggles, those battles. That's awesome. As a writer, he really tried to pump that into it instead of like the hyper masculine shaft type right. black guy kicking ass right. character. So he he infused a lot of that into My the character. My ovaries are exploding all over the place. Uh, oh man, he's he's a thriller, <laughs> and people compare him a lot to James Baldwin. He kind of dejects that. that. He doesn't see it, and he he borrows from his style somewhat when yeah. he writes things, and he says he'll own up to that, and he thinks everyone should kind of look at James Baldwin. Um, you should have some kind of litmus for what you do right. in any any capacity, whatever you do creatively. But he said, um, you know, I'm not him. It's flattering, and mm-hmm. I appreciate the compliment. But he really, at this point in his life, values his relationship with his 17-year-old son, mm-hmm. his wife, 
who is in medical school right now to be a doctor and they have spent some time in France. Mm -hmm. They spent some time back here and he really just enjoys the, the practice of writing and uh, the life he has now. Cause as you said, when he was, when he dropped out of college at Howard, he did not have a degree and he moved to New York city as a wife, kid. He is not, He's delivering food. Yeah, is one of his jobs. He's just he wasn't successful as a writer. He wanted to be a cab driver for yeah. a part of the time, and his mm-hmm. wife said, "No, I'm not, I don't want you to do that because it's not safe." Right. Um. And so, yeah, he just, he was trying to work anything he could to just have some writing. And he said in the interview I heard recently, if he made five thousand dollars in a year from his writing, that was a good year. Yeah. You know, not enough to live on. His wife made all the money. Yep. To keep them in shape, but. You know, and then you keep chipping away at it. And he said, honestly, there's nothing but the work and the grind to get it done. But his advice to young writers that he gives is you got to put it out there. Yeah. Like, you Who do the work. Read it if you don't put it out it there. It may yeah. not be the best, but you got to give yourself a deadline. And then once it's there, you got to release the best thing that you have. Yep. So, in general, I just want to say he's the book that he's put out recently um, has made. A lot of people open their eyes to the presidency that was. Oh, he wrote an article recently that people should check out called Our First White President um, about the current administration. And you say, like, wait, we've had white presidents before. But his general claim is that you can't really know what it is to be a white president until after you um, take over for a black president. Mm -hmm. Because you're now forming an identity from the place of opposition Mm. and it really crystallizes the white experience when you're anti your predecessor Mm -hmm. so anyway there's a lot there in that article to parse through but in general he's the person i wanted to highlight and um, his recent struggles on twitter will not keep him down he's a very resilient person he will continue to publish he will continue to write and we'll continue to read and so yeah um, a great a great person to highlight this week i think Absolutely. I cannot agree more. I can't wait for Black Panther. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Who you got? Um, so my person, her name is Preet Didbal. Um, she is uh, Yud, uh, Yuba City, which is in California, I believe. Um, yeah, California. Uh, Yuba City named her as a mayor of, uh, as a mayor of their town of Yuba City. Um, and she is the first Sikh woman to be mayor in our country. So Sikh, for those of you who don't know who the Sikh religion, um, it is a religion that um, is founded almost over 500 years ago um, in, the, in India's Punjab region. Um, and uh, you can learn a little bit more. Like If you Google it, you'll learn more about it. Sikh is spelled S-I-K-H. Um, they're basically like heroes when we're talking about heroes here. Like they're, the, the religion really talks about just, uh, just the, like being good citizens and, you know, being altruistic and all these other wonderful things. And many people, um, uh, mistaken seek people for folks who are Muslim because the men typically wear a turban or some sort of head wrapping. And all oftentimes they assume that then they must be, um, Muslim and, uh, there have been even w- uh, within the past five years, we've had like shootings in Sikh temples because a white man thought that was a Muslim mosque. So things like that happen. But anyway, I, the reason why I wanted to highlight 
uh, Preeth is because not only is she the first uh, Sikh woman mayor in our country, but she's also one of the few women out there um, who are in public office openly talking about being a rape victim mm. and a survivor of rape. Um, and she kind of talks about what happened. She basically was 18 years old. She went somewhere where her parents told her not to go to. Like her parents said, don't go to this party. She went there anyway. Some person in her community slipped something in her drink and she woke up at the hospital with her family. And, uh, the way she says it, the, you know, the, the, the counselor, the social worker came in and that's already a bad thing when you're an Indian, like you don't need a counselor. You don't, you know, like we're just going to hide this. That's very, uh, typical of the community sometimes, unfortunately. And the, the social worker said, well, she's an Indian girl. She probably wasn't where she was supposed to be. Um, Mm. which is, you know, just social work one-on-one don't do shit like that. Like, yeah. Again, this is what she said. Like, that's something that they said. And, um, and it's, and that's gross, right? Like, that's not a cute thing to, not a cute, this is not a good thing to say. And her family left, um, left the city, uh, Yuba city, um, when all of this happened because the community was so small and everyone knew about it. Um, and it was her father and her mother, specifically her father being standing next to her and saying like, no, we are going to get through this. You are going to be okay. Um, so she went back and cause she like dropped out of college and things when all of this happened because of the physical trauma on yeah. top of the mental trauma and things like that. Um, she is a single mother, still lives in Yuba city, um, was one of the first uh, Sikh women, like council women, before she became the mayor there. Um, so I, I just think it's cool to see a woman who has gone through really horrendous, like a really terrible thing, to have a family who culturally should, like, have in the past have been known to either disown or shame the girl for what happened to her. Um, they didn't as a family. And even though she carried that shame with her for a long time, they finally got to this place of healing. And she was able to have this beautiful daughter raise her and uh, do really cool and awesome things. And when she was sworn in, I believe her mom stood next to her. Um, and mm-hmm. and so, again, it's just really awesome to have, um, to see someone break the mold, especially in the Desi community, to have parents who are not going to let what another asshole did define their daughter's future. Um, and it's cool that, you know, our country, uh, specifically Yuba City, California, um, elected their first Sikh woman mayor. And we already have a Sikh mayor in Jersey, too. So, I mean, we Desi folks are just coming on up. Y'all think you just run the place now. Okay. I mean, there's a billion of us, so I mean, at some point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No, I think it's cool. And you said heroes earlier. I think some people might hear that and think, well, yeah, like, like altruism hero. and all that yeah. sort of stuff is good and all religions practice right. that. But no, I mean... The religion, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but actually values val- valor. Yeah. Like valor is a, a big integrity of valor and um, uh, just general goodwill towards protecting your fellow human beings. Yeah. Like protection is a thing. Yeah. 
and I believe some Sikhs like carry like men Sikh men like carry a, a weapon with a, them a knife a knife with them mm-hmm. um, and so obviously like it's it's part of their religion like the, mm-hmm. to, to to be doing that um, and so I think I think that maybe has changed as to rescue to people rescue people in, people in, arm. in, in arm yeah but but it's uh, people might hear that and think like oh all these people wearing this certain kind of turban are all wearing carrying knives. knives yeah no I mean like ceremonially for symbolism some people have like a little knife that's mm-hmm. two inches long an inch it's long like, it's like a necklace a charm kind yeah. of thing on their on yeah. their necklace so yeah it's a it's a really like it's a very peaceful religion as much as they talk about valor it's such a peaceful religion um and you know let's not make assumptions of people just because they're wearing a turban like yeah. you know and it's what people don't often seek in my experience will wear a turban that has like a bun in the front yeah and Usually the younger boys wear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A younger male will wear that, and as people will uh, see that and think like, "Oh, is that? It's a weird turban for a Muslim." They're Sikh. Usually, yeah, yeah like, t- they're, they're Sikh. They're not Muslim. Yeah, they're it's Sikh. not the same thing. Because I think they, you take a turban and you think of the hijab and apparently think the same thing. When because mm-hmm. Sikh women don't wear any headdress usually. They may wear like just like a, a covering, but they don't typically wear a headdress either necessarily. Uh, the new mayor. Uh, Didball, is that how you say the last name? Didball, yeah. Yeah, she's also a dancer. Yep. Seems like uh, she's pretty good too, for what uh, I can see. Well, it's known that Punjabis mm-hmm. and Malayalis bring the party to any event that they go is to. Is that well known? It is well known in our community. Okay. Yes. They're the they're the the party starters. The go to. They, they they dance. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Punjabis way more like. This looks like dancing with the stars type stuff we're seeing her do. Oh, okay. And what I'm seeing, like ballroom type things. That's great. Yeah. Do you, girl? She's multi talented. Single mother. Single mother of an 18 year old. And she. What? Is, yeah. And she isn't. If you haven't seen Ladybird, <laughs> you need to go out and see Ladybird. I need to see it. Because an 18 year old girl. Is it a daughter? Yeah, it's a daughter. Yeah. 18 year old girl going to college, I'm sure, pretty soon. Probably yeah. working on school. She's oh, already man. in college, yeah. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. Great no, movie. but she's she's great, and I think for, with all the stuff we talked about, it was cool to highlight someone who's doing dope-ass things. She is. Yeah, people all are doing right. good things. So I think that's all that we have for today. It's lovely to start the new year with you, friend. And You as well. Let us get going. Be sure to follow us as usual. I'm excited for what this year has to come because, you know, it's been fun doing this with you. Same. All right. (laughs) All right, folks. Be dope, and we'll catch you later. See ya.